Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We recorded live. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on, What's up, brother? Oh, man, man, so much, so much, so much, so much to talk about, man. Me and Roberta were still, were still chopping it up a little bit. We didn't really get into it right now. We were just talking about the detox, the Monday detox of, of the interesting <laughs> cars, on, the interesting PBC cars on, on NBC. So I'm pretty yeah, sure right, the public right. out there is going through the withdrawals we're going through right now. Yeah, yeah, man. Um. Like I like you know I've been texting both of you guys you know um, since Saturday last Saturday night took place and you know there's so much to digest so much to you know to talk about um, uh, things that we kind of thought would happen happen um, some things that needs to happen didn't happen it's just just a whole lot to talk about you know politics. Um, Alphabet belts. Yeah, you know, there's so much to get into, man, and uh, we're gonna try to, you know, cover it all, you know, much as we can. All right, um, uh, I, th- I think we're ready. I mean, I don't. I think the people saw what they saw out there, and we we got a few hits on our on our Guard Your Grill Boxing Instagram page. By the way, if you're not following our page on Instagram, it's Guard Your Grill Boxing on Instagram. It's just the same way it's spelled. On the header on talk shoot, but uh, we got we got some hits on our page with people that were actually disappointed. We we try to keep it non biased and non partisan. Right. We post about it, but you could you can't really you can't expect the public to feel you know not somebody really feeling. And one of the things we were kind of alluding to was in, in regard to one of what the main the main fight on that card. Is the 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 typical word that comes that that always seems to be around boxing? Uh, never there's a questionable decision being given, and that's robbery. So, you know, it's a lot of different things that happen because of the dynamic of a decision. So we we'll definitely talk about it a little bit more and get your get your guys' thoughts and why. Uh, Sort of what you feel and what you guys thought about the decision, if it could have gone to whom and comfortable with it. So, go ahead, Trey. You have a lot to say about this. Hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick, guys. I want everybody to hear something before we get started. Little Game of Thrones, there. Wait for later on in the show, but uh, (laughs) quick, you know, just a quick sidebar. I'm a little late getting into this program, and my man Doc's here. You know, is an avid Game of Thrones fan, and um, 
great show that's that if you're not checking it out, make sure you get involved. A little shameless plug for the throne. But uh back you know, to the subject. Funny, you know, it's funny, it's funny you say that because I think right now the landscape of boxing is a little bit like Westeros. Okay. So you, <laughs> you got right, you got, right, people, right. you got you got the people beyond the wall. You got the North, you got King's Would that be the would, would that be the Heyman group? Would the Heyman group be be the people within? You know, I, I can't I can't tell you because you only you only you're still in first. The right, first right, 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 right. You don't go too yeah, don't go too deep for me. Um, just, so where do you got, just, what do you want to start? You want to start with the Peter Quillen and Andy Lee fight? Well, for those that wasn't watching on Saturday night, you know we uh, NBC broadcasted uh, the third in the in the. Al Heyman PBC series, and this was a this was a fight that was supposed to be for some belt, but somebody left their their chance of the title and, and the scale, and that was Peter Quillen. He fought Andy Lee in the first card, in the first fight of that card, and then the second fight was Philly's own Danny Swift Garcia against Lamont Peterson. And we guys, we we definitely going to talk about that fight, but let's 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 get into the nitty gritty of that first fight because that was an interesting fight. For uh, for Andy Lee, that we we all know, the great Emmanuel Stewart anointed him as the next great heavyweight. I mean middleweight. Sorry, middle, like yeah, Tommy yeah. Hearns, he called him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's what he called him. Yeah. Um, I, I, let me just start off by saying, um, I never was a big Peter Quillen guy. Um, I just always thought he was a more of a reactive than a, a proactive type of fighter. And those kind of guys normally don't go far in boxing. Um, but that being said, um, going back to last Saturday night, um, again, this was a guy that, you know, uh, had an opponent in front of him, um, and Andy Lee, a guy that's been down before. Um, it was his biggest opponent to date, whatever your opinion may be of Andy Lee. That was Peter Cullen's biggest guy on his resume. That was a live guy. You know, he forced some names, but this was his live, his dog. And, you know, um, the way the fight played out, you know, he had a couple knockdowns early. Um, he was uh, jabbing, I thought, pretty well. And he was catching Andy Lee coming in because Andy Lee was just pretty much giving his, his height up. Um, I think he gave up two to three, maybe four inches to uh, – gave it up, gave it back to Peter Quillen by crouching down and just pretty much giving his height up and becoming a target for uh, Quillen. But that being said um, – Quillen being Quillen, you know, fought not to lose rather than fighting to win. And in this sport, you know, um, we see guys get burned all the time. And that's why me personally, I didn't have a problem with the decision because if you fight not to lose, a lot of times you probably are going to lose. And just a real quick backstory, you know, about how he turned down the uh, offer to fight. What's the guy's name again? That that uh, Lee Ford, Matt Korobov, Korobov, yeah, for the belt that he was supposed to fight for on Saturday, but we all know the story. He didn't make weight, so it, it was kind of almost like a karma thing that kind of came full circle on him. Um, long story short, and we'll get into the Danny fight in a little bit, but no disrespect to Andy Lee, but this fight was more about who exactly is Peter Quillen, more so who really Andy Lee is. You know, Peter Quillen was supposed to be the quote-unquote A-side fighter. And although, like I said, I thought he won the fight, but he wasn't aggressive enough. And if you let a wounded animal hang around long enough, you'll eventually get bitten. So 
I'm not really mad at the decision. Long story short, you know, I thought that he, you know, he brought it upon himself, basically. <clears throat> Roberto, you have any thoughts on that on on that car on that that fight? Yeah, I mean, I think what it was with Quillen was I like I picked him to win the fight, but as the fight started, I'm like, okay, this is the reason why I picked him to win because like Andy Lee just seems to get caught like really early, and and I mean, it's kind of like somewhat of a trend through his career where, I mean, you can get him early, but I think, and, 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 uh, Train had texted me this and, you know, it was like, after those two knockdowns, there wasn't any urgency on his part to, to be assertive, to, to kind of like, just go, I don't say go for the kill, but just, you know, it, it just seemed like every time he was throwing that right hand, he was landing it. And every time he was landing it, like there seemed to be, you know, some effect. But I think it, it became it became kind of a deal where for Andy Lee he had the experience to kind of win the storm and Quillen kind of didn't switch things up and and he he just became very one dimensional and Andy Lee if you know he just kind of took over those the, the later part of the rounds and you know Quillen got his shots in and then you know he got knocked down too but it's just like 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 Coltrane was saying, like I think we were kinda of on the fence where I think a lot of us were on the fence with Quillen and I think right. Andy Lee was a perfect kind of fight for him to say, Okay, he he's really this level of a fighter but with the fact that he didn't make weight and then now that the fact that the fight, you know, ended up being a draw like like it's you know, it's funny you mentioned that it's kinda of karma that he passed on the Korobov fight because now when you look at it, if you know, Andy Lee, he he's still the champion, and chances are, you know, he may get a shot with Golovkin, or right, he's going right. to be the guy with yep. the bigger fight. You yeah. know, so like in essence, it's it's it was like it was a lose lose situation for him. You got to lose yourself. It was a Go case ahead, of the chicken. It was a case of the chickens coming home to roost. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the yeah. great Malcolm X. So right, right, right. <laughs> so, but yeah. the thing about this is that you know. Like when you get to kind of dovetail from what you guys are saying, the thing about Andy Lee is that he is not someone that we can say is a refined boxer. You know, he yeah. would definitely not pick them many people's predict uh, pre-fight predictions as you know the guy who was going to emerge victorious. You know, so this is like a, the the boxing uh, consensus was that. Peter Quillen was going to win this fight, he, not only because he was the, be- the, the the better opponent, but because, like you said, this is the A-side fighter, this is the house fighter. And, you know, Andy Lee probably couldn't even hold his own in a pikey fight. You guys seen this match, right? Remember the bare-knuckle underground match those pikey right. was going into? I mean, the yeah, way right, he right. fights. It, it, there's no, there's no science. No, what did you say? You know, it was, it was funny. Um, I think that you, you might want to share that. I'll let you say it because it was hilarious reading it through a text message. Who you said his stance was like in the in the middle of the fight, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> what did I say? I forgot. You uh, said, man. you said, and Roberto will get a kick out of this. He was like Andy Lee. His stance is reminiscent of a German bad guy in the in the Indiana Jones oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. No, I, forgot, no. I forgot I said that. Yeah. No man, he definitely. <laughs> Isn't that funny? This this picture that I, I couldn't get that picture out of my head. <laughs> I mean, he definitely looked like he definitely looked like one of those Nazis looking for the Holy Grail. <laughs> 
one of those dudes they just throw at, at Dr. Indiana Jones. They'll just go, go get him. Like one of the goons. People like one of those yeah, goons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, one of the, yeah. <laughs> but like I said, it, it, it was nothing about his, his game that was polished that you could say, well, he has trouble. He, if, you were, if you were to read it on paper and you said he came back and, and, got a, and drew against Peter Quillen, conventional wisdom will have you thinking, well, this guy is 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, and he has power, so he came back. He must have used his job, his jab, and turned the fight around. Yeah. And and if you didn't see the fight, you would not know that Peter Quillen basically gave that fight away. He yeah, and if you guys he remember, I, I picked a controversial decision only because when we was doing our predictions, I picked I picked Peter Quillen to win, but I said it's probably going to be somewhat of a controversial decision only because. I've seen him. He, he, it's almost he's like he fights like a robot. Like he's like he's programmed. He he doesn't fight outside the box. There's no innovation to what he does. He sticks to one thing, and that's it. And I had a you know I just had this hunch that it will be like a controversial decision because he lets his feet he lets his foot off the gas, and he goes into robot mode. And he turned the ball over on downs. That's what he did. So yep, exactly. <laughs> and now now he's got to deal with you know. Now, he looked good for him that he's a Mal Heyman fighter, and he'll still get a, a shot at, at getting a rematch and getting a title. But who knows what could happen now? What like about Cotto? I'm thinking he might he might fight Danny Jacobs though. Oh, I forgot, because Danny Jacobs <clears throat> uh, got a fight coming up, right on the on the on, yep. the, on the NBC. Him and yeah, um, yeah. who's he fighting again? I look it up while you guys talk about it. Oh, um, he, Darrell I, brother, the Darrell, the other, the younger brother. Or uh, Andre uh, Darrell. Is Andre Anthony? Oh, I don't mix up. One that had cancer. Oh, the younger one. Well, both of them had but cancer. Isn't that what is interesting? Danny, Danny Jacobs and one of the Darrells. These are recovering cancer patients, huh? Yeah, remember uh, uh, Roberto? Me and you talked about this. We th- we was like, this is an odd way to sell a fight about them. Being cancer survivors. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting because then I guess he's fighting at 168. Yeah. Danny Jacobs. Yeah. Hmm. He moved up, yeah. Well, you know, Darrell, oh, brother, okay. he was well, already yeah, I guess there. That, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of – I don't. that kind of leaves Quillen now in the bout, really, if you think about it. I mean, who's – Well, you brought up a – Who's really there? Well, no, he's not fighting. He's not fighting Darrell. He's, fight, he's fighting uh, – a guy by the name Caleb Truax. Caleb, oh, okay, I had him. Okay, all right. But but, but, but is it at 160? Uh, it's a uh, middleweight. Yeah. W- okay, there you go. Okay, so WWE yeah. title. There you go. There you go. So well, you go. Peter Porter still has a, has a life. He still has life left. Huh? He still has life left. I mean, but that's kind of the thing, man. I mean, that's that's where I think where it it, it now becomes a deal where he. He missed out on the title fight, or at least you know getting the potential to you know get the title. But it's kind of it's just kind of it's just kind of funny if you look at the middleweight division now. Like at least after this fight, you look at the helm and it's really Golovkin, Cotto, I guess if you want to put him there, and then Andy Lee, because the WBA tie or I'm sorry the the IBF is like kind of up in the air, right? With with Jermaine Taylor's like right. With yeah. that whole situation. Well, so Nadam really... and um, who was supposed to fight yeah. for that? Who was it? Was Nadam yeah. and who else? Um, oh, I forgot who it was, but it was something that they couldn't make the fight. 
They couldn't end up making why. it, but that yeah, yeah, yeah. But Quillen beat Nadon before though, right? Didn't he beat him already? Uh, I think. Let me look it up. Look, Doc, you near a computer? Look, see yeah, if, look it up. I think I think that. Yeah, that's the thing about boxing. Like you know, these these belts they go to the wayside, and then you know yeah. a vacancy comes up, and you know a guy can slide right in. Now the guy, the dark horse guy here is is Cotto. You know, you well, apparently really they announced is. today he's fighting Gil on June. 6th. And what now? This is supposed to be at a catch weight. That's what I heard. Like I saw on Twitter today. I forgot who posted it. Um, basically they said that that's the that's the fight. But there, there's a uh, some concession for about you know, for a catch weight, whether it's going to be like 158 or one, I, like I don't know what the catch weight is going to be. But again, like you know, it's oh, it's going to paint That's a picture easy. about Cotto. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like you know the, the whole thing. But the whole the only good side about that, you know, not not to get off topic too much with that fight with, with Quillen and everything, but like at least. With that thing, it, it had it, you would hope that the fact that HBO is televising that fight, that there is somewhat of a guarantee that the Canelo fight is going to happen because I don't know if you I read like HBO that. was yeah. they were like kind of adamant about not airing a fight if there was no guarantee that you know because I because I you know obviously HBO was involved when they were doing it before before but now right, that you know it, now, right. it's, it's presenting itself again they're like you know we're not gonna, we're not going to you know you're not going to balk the second time around but uh, that's the most positive thing you could think about but i mean i don't know i mean that that that's another that's a whole other situation but right right yeah we're, yeah we getting yeah but 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 the funny thing about before we move on funny thing about this Quillen fight this was the fight he avoided this fight because it was uh, Rock Nation won the person, didn't you guys remember that? Yeah, 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 we, yeah, we talked yeah, about right. that. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that. Yeah, and and, and and look how look how funny things are now. That's I what we were saying, like the karma, <laughs> like it's the boxing higher powers, you know, rained upon him. You know, he yeah, yeah, he thought he was bigger than a game, and it, and it, and it came back to see sometimes these guys. And I think he's they, one of the guys that they offered him money too. I, I could be they wrong. Him I don't, a good, I a nice piece yeah, of they money. Him a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so the second portion of that card, I, I, that that's the one that that was the most controversial I, I, of it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The social media was lit up. Twitter, yeah, and no Instagram. Doubt. Always uh, is with Danny's fighting. All of the common, all of the common sections at all the blogs and all the sites, people were really mad at the fact that the fight ended up going uh, in favor of Danny Garcia. So uh, I, I know you got you guys had some some, some thoughts on. I'll let Roberto start this this segment off. I know he has a lot of opinions about this. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I think, oh man, it's it. This is. This is kind of um, this was a fight for me that like Garcia had to re- or, you know Danny had to really show and prove because you know we talked about his 2014 being a letdown and mm-hmm. you know this was really a, a, a benchmark fight for him man as far as um, the experience with Peterson and granted he's had his ups and downs but you know we can't ignore that you know Peterson is a heavily skilled fighter. And the one thing I pointed out, man, and I and I hit Coltrane, like when when like the first two rounds, I was like, yo, 
Peterson looks a lot bigger than than Danny did. Like I, I, I don't know if I'm the only one that picked up on that. No, like, no. he weren't. Yeah. Were, I mean, on the unofficial scale, he came in weighing 22 pounds over their limit. <laughs> they said it, they said it was street clothes, but the funniest it, thing was uh, Al Michaels was saying, "Did he have a heavy wallet?" Yeah. <laughs> that was the most unprofessional card I've ever seen in my life, weight-wise. Like, far as weight goes, it was just like yeah. no respect for weight on Saturday night. But go ahead. That's a whole other story. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think like, a, a lot of the, the the story that we want, at least a lot of us were kind of, I don't know whether we were expecting or at least for Danny's sake, for him to, like, get over – the hump of people like kind of, you know, throwing the heavy criticism at him, you know, he didn't show and prove, man. Like it, it's just, it's just like, it's a tough situation for him now where, you know, you, it was a tough fight. I mean, I think the the problem with the fight though is like, it was a close fight. You know what I'm saying? Like right, right, people right, right. think Peterson won. And then, you know, there's mm-hmm. people who think, you know, I mean, for the record, I, I think Peterson edged the fight. But it's not. It's it's always tough. Like that that line that you draw between a robbery and uh, it being a close fight, and then you just don't think you know this guy got the got the edge. And then you know you look at the Laura Canelo fight. It's kind of similar situation where you know there's people debate who won that fight. But like, and I think for the sake of Danny, like. I really don't know where he goes from here. With the exception of, I think, you know, Broner seems like the ideal fight, but I text you as well, Coltrane. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're like, are we thinking about, like, him going to 147? Like, right, they're right. just thinking of fights with him and Madonna, Thurman, Brooke, even a Conry match. And I'm really – and not, and not just – I mean, yeah, we base it off of Saturday night, but, um, like, my man with him, he's like, yo – he, he, something about Danny hasn't been right since the Matisse fight. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. it just it showed up in this fight and it showed up in the Herrera fight. And I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I I, it, I think I, I, I know think what it is. I mean, well, I kind of, I mean, I kind of do, but let, let me yeah. hear what you, what, what you think. Well, what I what I think again, this is Garza Girl Boxing, Cold Train, Roberto Flag Docs, um, right, recapping the Danny Gert. Ryder Dog, I know Ryder Dog got a lot of opinions. He can j- jump in behind me on this. Um, oh, word. One of the things I think um, that's one of the issues that I've seen with Danny, and I had to go back in my memory bank and think about all the fights that he had problems in. And I went back to the first, and I didn't watch this fight. I just, again, this is just a memory in my head uh, of just of having a photographic memory of what took place when he fought Ag Morales the first time. And oh, yeah. What I, what I remember about that fight was Eric Morales, and we all know Eric Morales is a phenomenal boxer. Now he got, but he got dog in him too. You know that was one to his detriment. But I just remember when he fought Danny, he gave him movement, and Danny had trouble with it. And one of the reasons why I picked Danny to to, to beat Lucas Matisse because I knew Matisse was going to sit right there in front of him. I think the guys. You saw it in the Zab fight. Even Herrera, it wasn't like Floyd or, you know, some 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 pot shot and, and stage left, stage right type of music uh, movement, but it was simple lateral movement and counter shots is what Herrera did to Danny. And the guys that give him uh, just a smidge of movement, Danny becomes very one-dimensional. And the reason yeah. why he becomes one-dimensional is, dimensional is and this was a big topic uh, 
on the Garja Girl Box in a text form on Saturday night, cutting the ring off, which is something that a lot of fighters just don't know how to do anymore. I don't know if it's not being toured or it's just, I don't know what it is, but I just know for Danny's sake, if he can't load that left hook that he likes to throw, he he's basically a pedestrian. You know, if you give him any type of movement and you make him follow you around, because Zab did this to him. People forget the second, the latter half of that fight, Zab gave him movement and started like flinging a jab in his face. And Danny became pedestrian. He was lost. He didn't have any plan B, C, or D. And it, it, first we thought it was a fluke, and now we're seeing that this is actually reality. And you saw it again on Saturday night. And to be honest with you, I had no idea Lamont was going to fight that type of fight. And when I saw the first few rounds, I was like, oh, shit. Like, he's going to outbox uh, Danny. Because I know that's the type of style that can beat Danny. And, you know, it's a thing that I don't – I mean, it's one of these things. Maybe he is what he is. Maybe he needs to get a second opinion in his corner. Because I do think he needs another voice. But that's another subject. But, again, back to the root of Saturday night, Lamont gave him movement, and and that was pretty much, in a nutshell, the problem on Saturday night. And as far as the decision goes, I'm okay with Danny getting the decision. Like, I don't have an issue with it because I understand the politics of boxing and how it works. And, you know, Lamont do have some blame, you know, because it was some rounds I thought he gave away. Like, you brought up the Lard fight, Roberto and where Large kind of did the same thing, you know, didn't go for broke. But Lamont did do what he was supposed to do, and he outboxed him. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's the that's kind of – that's when, – when they when they gave the decision, you know, it wasn't I, – I don't think any of us were really shocked, you know what I mean? It, and that, yeah, right. that's kind of the thing. It's like that's that fine line as far as whether it's a robbery or, or what have you. But, I, you know, I think with, with – um, with Lamont too, it's kind of the same thing, you know. There's points I think he could have been a, a he could have asserted himself a little more to kind of just at, at least in the case with the judging. Because if you if you look at the judging per se, I mean, it wasn't that bad of the score. I mean, I didn't look at round per round, but it, it's like again, like you could argue who won, but it wasn't like a lopsided score. No, a swing way. round. <laughs> it was like a swing round yeah, type man, of I mean, thing. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to, man. And, I mean, yeah. and, and I think. I I think like kind of like with the fight before, you know, I think there were a lot of answers, um, or a lot of questions to be answered. With Danny going right. Forward, and now it, it's kind of like it's like okay, we, he he's he's in a way going to be launching himself into a Broner fight, but um, in his immediate future, man. Now I, I will say this though, I mean, I don't know if you guys picked up on this when they asked him about a rematch, and he's like, yeah, yeah, but at one forty-seven. So is he hinting at the fact that like the weight was a bit much? Because I told you he, yeah, he looked that's... kind of immediately on, you know. But uh, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't I, like that he... fight for him again at, at any weight. Oh, I think the no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the same fight. It'll be the same fight. But the, but I'm gonna ride out. You can come on right here. But I'm gonna just say this real quick. I but the just the, the the theme of the night was, and no disrespect to Leah Lamont, it wasn't really about those guys. It was about the two guys that are supposed to be the budding stars. And like 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 you said, uh, Roberto, we have more questions than we got answers. And Danny has yeah. progressed. He hasn't since the Matisse fight. He's went backwards. And you know, I put a post up about Jermaine Teller. I'm not saying he's going to be Jermaine Teller because the jury is still out. But when I see these guys, they're getting the benefit of the decision with these decisions. 
these things normally don't end well. You know, and I'm going to just leave it at that. Go ahead, Rada Doc. Well, no, I just, you know, I, like you guys, you know, I, I'm i going to be the first to say that, you know, we've watched boxing for a long time, and so we've seen decisions that we can, like, go back and forth with and, and you know, have, like, these coffee with cold train discussions and we're going to say, <laughs> hey, you know what, this this guy should have won here, this guy should have won here, and it's going to be, like, you know, you know, the end, end, end of, like, uh, you know, who's going to win what. But the one thing I've... I'm going to quote something that Brad said, which was very, 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 um, you know, pivotal to me when I was looking at this fight. He said, a fight is not one big 36-minute contest. It's 12 individual rounds judged separately. So, obviously, a lot of us look at the overall fight and be like, wow. But, you know, do we really judge each and every individual round and in totality, you know, take the fight and say, okay, well, he won this round, he won this round, and then do the numbers game. So that's number one. Um, with that being said, I feel like Danny is like almost like a Jermaine Taylor, you know, a guy that's just been benefiting after, you know, his big win, um, you know, from Amir Khan. By the way, Amir Khan was, was giving you a blueprint on how to beat him, mm-hmm. similar to what Bernard was doing. Bernard yeah, gave right. you a blueprint on how to beat Jermaine Taylor, even though he lost, you know, he was just giving him a lot of movement, not letting Danny get set. Because one of the things I noticed, and no offense, we, we love Danny and the show, his technique is horrible. Like, right. if you notice, he throws a lot of wild hooks and overhand yeah, right, right. But, but if he, I mean, overhand punches he left. Loads, yeah, and they all loaded, too. And they all, thank you, they all loaded. Yeah. And the thing that Lamont did, which was shocking to me, shocking to you, Coltrane, and even Docs, maybe you too, Roberto, was the fact that he gave a movement, frustrated him a little bit, so he couldn't do all that craziness. When he landed on Khan, it was like Khan like got caught in an exchange. Right, and uh, yep, hitting while he hitting, throwing yep. while he throwing. Yeah. Yep. So what Barry Hunter did that adjustment was was a pretty good adjustment because he's the type of guy that if he get his feet set and you sitting there punching with him, you have an, uh, a high you know opportunity to get knocked out. So knocked out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, that's what I saw for the most part. I, you know, I felt like, you know, I know, you know, some of us that in GIG, we were going back and forth. I really didn't care. I thought Danny was going to win the fight. Mm-hmm. And I do believe what you what you say, Coltrane, about, hey, this was about, you know, like what HBO did with Bernard, you, you know, just or uh, with Jermaine Tony for Bernard, just, you know, making, you know, this the, the uh, Al Heyman fighters nights, which is fine. I mean, I had no problem with the decision. It's just more or less at the end of the fight that really concerned me. And I thought it was somebody doing, like, a voiceover. You know, I don't know if you guys mentioned it or not. Cause I, can't uh, I, know we, I forgot to talk about that. Talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just, you know, I'm not going to re- bring it up again. I'm going to just tell you how I felt. I just felt like it was just kind of like I was watching, like, an Instagram picture where it was, like, or Instagram video where someone was just kind of, like, doing a voiceover. And I had to actually go back and, like, like Google it and just say, yo, was this what I thought I heard? And then throughout the whole day... <laughs> It was right. like that. And you know what? Props to Danny for saying that because, you know, most people would say, hey, man, you know what? You know, be bitter. He was like, yo, this is what it is. Now, the second part to that is you say that and you say, hey, let's run it back. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's not just saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I beat you. And you know what? Hey, come to 147 now. Nah, run that joint back in like a couple months. And, you know, let's see, let's see where we land. But, again, I just saw how technically flawed you know, to wrap that up, how technically fall Danny was. And um, as bad as I thought Lamont was just going to sit there and exchange with him, 
he actually did the total opposite. And I'm just looking like, what the right, heck? Right, right. That's they how, shocked me. That's how I thought he was going to fight, yeah. That's yeah, how I thought he was going to fight. The more, a little more straight up. And, and yep. you know, because we we become accustomed to kind of seeing him like that. So it's kind of an ordeal where it's like, you know, when you look at certain guys where you see, yeah, like he needs to make a major adjustment in this. This is like the quintessential, like, not expecting at all, like, Lamont to fight like that. I mean, and if you think about it, man, like, that is almost, it was the perfect game plan against him. And, and, and I mean, we could say Danny might have been exposed in some other cases, but, like, when you look at it the long stretch, like, it, I mean, it, it's it's really tough to look at, at at that fight and not say that, like, Lamont didn't have, like, major success against him. Right? And it's just, I mean, again, man, it's unfortunate, but this it's boxing, man. This is, we've seen this time and time again. Roberto, let me ask you a question. Who do you think deserves more of a rematch, Herrera or uh, Lamont Peterson? I, I'll put that mm-hmm. out uh, see that's like. I mean the thing about I mean the thing about it with with Herrera, um, he's always been he's he's always been a tough guy and and he he's he fought more of a straight up. I mean he boxed Danny, but I think this was kind of a case where like, like I was mentioning before, like if if it were if it were an ordeal where where Lamont like kind of just you know pushed the envelope a little more. Like, I think it would have been a little more decisive. I mean, I probably would say, like, Lamont, but th- then it, it just comes down to, like, all right, well, are we basing it off of the namesake or just, like, the fight? Because he struggled in both fights. I mean, I, don't, I I can't really pinpoint as far as which he did worse, but I don't know, man. Like, that, that I mean, that's a tough one, man. I don't know. I mean, I guess the off I would think? say Lamont, but I don't know. Lamont has a bigger name, but what do you guys think? I mean, Docs and, and uh, yeah. Coltrane. I think, Herrera, I think Herrera definitely deserves that. And the thing about it was that it happened on Puerto Rican soil. It was Danny's homecoming, so to speak, first yeah. time on the island. You know, they were, they had all it was the celebratory mood. They were thinking, you know, here comes Danny, the heir apparent to the Puerto Rican lineage. And he came down there and fell for the hype and, and, and got caught out there and then was gifted yeah. a decision. That, now, that was a gift. And it was mainly because, like, we don't want to ruin the uh, – the celebration. So in this fight right here, Lamont gave away a lot of a lot of stuff too. You know, like yeah. Lamont caught up. There was some some situations where I felt like Lamont lost control of the fight, and and though we we all we felt like Danny was the one that was going backwards a lot, and when he was going forward, he didn't know how to cut the ring off. Uh, that that was the running joke. He can't cut the ring off. He can't cut the ring off. What exactly is cutting the ring off? You know, a lot of people are still confused as to what that means, but, you know, that that's basically one of the most uh, fundamental things you learn as, a, as an offensive fighter is if you're going to go forward, you have to be able to utilize your footwork to be able to keep that boxer that's going backwards from, from a, a – it's like geometry. you got to really look at that ring. If you move in, in certain increments, Eventually, that fighter is going to run out of uh, angles to move towards where he'll find himself with his back against the ropes. If you if yeah. you utilize your footwork for, uh, accurately and you start really moving forward and making the ring a little bit smaller on those angles, eventually Lamont would have found himself trapped against the rope in one of those corners, and Danny would have been able to you know utilize his body work. And, and slow him down a little bit. But even when it comes to 
something as simple as that. He 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 failed and 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 Brady, you know, like, a jab like. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of a lot, a lot just, of basic things he doesn't do well. It just reminds me of like when we look at um, you know two things that Coltrane and I were talking about over the weekend. Doc, you just put it up. You know, I was just watching. You know, a couple days ago, and even today, sometimes I get in my vault and I start watching old fights because I enjoy those more. And I was watching, like, Hagler and Hearns, you know, and just how Marvin was just, like, an expert at cutting that ring off. But then I was also looking at what Coltrane told me to look at was a lot of Chavez fights. Mildred Taylor was super-duper fast. And although he might have fought, you know, a fight that wasn't, like, the best fight, if you look at Chavez fights, one of the things he always did, and Coltrane hit it on the head, he never complained about somebody running. He was always like Jason in the ring. He knew that basically, eventually, no matter how far you ran, like Jason was actually right behind you, you know, and that's just how Chavez was. He was one of these people that you can run, but he was an expert at cutting the ring off. And it just reminds me, when I look at Danny, of, of somebody that has, like, we all love basketball, just somebody that has really good talent, but when you see, like, when he starts playing, like, the good defensive teams, you find out, you know what, this kid can't really go left. Or, you know what, wow, this guy can't really – he's not a really good free-throw shooter, as great as he is. And it's a shame because we give Danny a lot of props. He's a very great guy. You know, he, you know, I, you know I thought he was better than what he was. But the more and more I watch it, I'm seriously saying, here's a guy that is really effective only in exchanges. You know, mm-hmm. that Matisse fight, I thought he looked very, very good. But when I start looking at him against movement, he looks very ordinary. Yeah, I mean, even that's why I say, like, even when he, uh, I mean, eventually he's going to have to make, you know, he's going to go to 147. Man. I mean, I can't see why they're going to try to keep him around, like, 142, 143. At some point he's going to move to 147. And, you know, I'm just looking at the pecking order, man. And. There are guys there that can hit, but that can move too, you know, and I just, I mean, I don't know if it's a deal where he has to, you know, consider, you know, like, I forgot who mentioned it here, like, bring, getting in, a, you know, maybe a, a, you know, a second ear there, you know, just kind of like, you know, some, something new, but I, I don't, I, somebody told me today, like, they were saying, like, we, I think we may have seen, like, the best, best Danny we're going to see as far as, like, his overall, you know, skill set, but uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I think like, like you know, we mentioned, like I mentioned, like he, he can launch into a Broner fight, but you know, is is I mean, do you guys think that's like a still a winnable fight for? I mean, I do, but I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's, that that fight to me, man. That, I, don't, I, I don't think know. Saturday night just like it, it, it really opened, it, it brought more questions than like really answers to like where Danny can go from here, man, or as far as how good he can really look. Depending on the style, obviously. But I, you know what's funny about that Broner situation? I don't think that that, that fight is going to happen th- th- that quickly. I think Broner has a fight coming up in June, and in I June, really think. Yeah. And I was I was joking earlier about the Ralph Falco thing, Ralph Adab, but I'm di- I'm kind of serious about that. I really think they're going to kind of his next fight is going to be against a a, a a a pedestrian, a stationary opponent. I can guarantee you that. I can mm-hmm. guarantee they cannot afford to put him in a ring with anybody that has any kind of movement um, because some bad things can really take place and it can really, like, wreck the cart. So I think what you're going to see, even Broner, I know people joke around with him, but that, that 
that's a fight he could – I mean, he could knock Broner out. We knew that. But he could also look bad in the it fight. It depends so, where Broner shows up, though. Well, let dep- me, yeah. Let, yeah. Let me ask you this. You know what I'm saying. Let, like, let me ask you this, Bouchering. You know, we, we always joke about – and I think I think it was it was a docs or was it, it was it, um sleep, but I know it was you and I, Coltrane. We used to joke a couple of years ago about how, you know, Shane really needed to get rid of his pop. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect to anybody, but you look at, like, how, like, <clears throat> Roy, you know, did with Coach Merkinson after, you know, him and his pop had their falling out. You know, I mean, even mm-hmm. though Roy was who Roy was, but, you know, you look at how, like, um, Shane did a little bit better with Brother. You know, it's just different things. I think, didn't Oscar Dad train him, too, at one point in time? Or was his uncle, um, uh, Docs? I think it was the uncle. Right. I think the dad got him into boxing. Dad got him into boxing, okay. But then he started getting trained by different people. But Oscar was like moonlighting with everybody, but that's a different story. But my question is, do, in order for Danny to get out of this, like, basement that he's in right now, these last couple of fights, do you think, and Roberto was on to something, do you think he needs to hire that second chief guy or make his dad go to, like, second chief, you know, to get past this hurdle? I believe when Danny, I, Danny, I think Danny has peaked with his dad. I really think he yeah. has. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, what I was just going to say, when I hear a guy saying, and I know a lot of people just took this as kind of funny, but I kind of didn't. He said on the telecast was like, they asked him about his dad. He said, sometimes I got to calm him down like I'm the father. And see, when I hear things like that, I don't really think that's funny because boxing is, you know, other than like any other sport, you don't have no teammates. So, you really got to take this this sport extremely serious. And these fatigue issues are all a relation to training. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we see him fade late in these fights because, you know, there was rumblings out there, you know, um, about him not, you know, doing too much much, uh, appearances, I'll say. And it shows up. You can see it. And this comes from having the right people around you and, you know, people reminding you of things. And his dad is kind of – He's a dad, but mentally, you know, I don't know him personally, but I know he likes to have fun. And sometimes you need some, some, some somebody to say no around you. So to answer your question, Rada, I definitely think they need another voice in that camp to, to help if they if they really planning to go somewhere. Yeah, I, you know, I, you got, I mean, you got to think too, man. Like I think at the same time, man. Like you got to think that with Danny. You, uh, you, you, the one, the one thing that sometimes kind of like, and this goes throughout like uh, music in, in a way. Like if you, you know, you have, you, you know, your people bigging you up, bigging you up, giving you in a sense maybe what some would look at as like false. I don't say false hype, but I mean Danny's a good boxer. You know, I don't, I don't want to like make it seem like, you know, like that. I think he, you know, he he's like a shitty boxer or anything. I mean, we know he's good, but again, like there's a point when you reach that level. And we've seen it, like, with other fighters, too, man. Like, even beyond, like, you know, fathers and things like that. But I think in this case with Danny, man, like, if you look at, like, how Angel kind of, like, just – he, I mean, he's his hype man, if you think about it. I mean, he's his trainer, but, I mean, he's the guy that's really selling, in a sense, his fights. I mean, for example, I mean, I have a friend who became a Danny Garcia fan because of Angel Garcia. I mean, that, that that's a true story. Just the YouTube clips and things like that. So, yeah, like you mentioned, Coltrane, like, you see – you know, in, in situations where he's trying to calm his dad down and everything, but you start to think about it. It's like, okay, what's the more important thing here? 
as far as like the the future of Danny. And I mean, yeah, he's man, not I, getting I, rid of I, his I, dad. I don't think no, it's work. not right. happening. All right, so I don't think he's getting rid of him. I just think he's too has a too close up a relationship with him, and I just right, I mean yeah. that is his dad, and I understand that, but, but that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. yeah, it's a tough thing. I mean, I don't know what I would do in that situation, but I'm just saying outside looking in, it's just you know. So let me tell you, they always talk about how habits are formed, and like, you know, mm. and it takes a long time for a habit to break. So I'm just actually, you know, just flirting around and listening to you guys, and from I took it from 2000 after the Amir Khan fight, all right, <clears throat> which you know, uh, Coltrane and I both agreed that he was getting thoroughly outboxed until he landed the Dracula punch, which was the oh yeah, you know, until he got punched in the neck, until Amir Khan got punched in the neck and he was knocked out. <laughs> That's the Dracula punch. I want to drink your blood. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but what happened is, you look at it again, he fought he fought Eric Morales again, which you talked about, Roberto, like that false sense of hope, and he knocked him out in four rounds. Then he fought Zab Judah and struggled with that late late in the fight. He fought Matisse, which we were like, oh, my goodness, he was going to lose, and, and Dox is the only one that said, yo, he's going to outbox him, and he did. But then he went to, you know, for Herrera, he fought uh, Ryan Salk, and then he fought Lamont Peterson. So you think about those. Don't forget about Zed. Yeah, I did. I said Zed. No, he mentioned Zed. Okay. All right, All right, so my okay. question is, you know, I said I said after Amir County for it, mm-hmm. Eric Morales, okay. yep, Zab, Matisse, Herrera, Ryan Salk, and, um, and Peterson. So my question is, what type of grade do you give them overall in those fights? All together. Uh, if you had to give them a cumulative grade, A, B, C, D, from hmm. Eric, from, from the – American fight, Zab Judah, American, Eric Morales, old Eric Morales, Zab Judah, Matisse, Herrera, Salka, and Peterson. What do you give? Um, what do you give, Danny Garcia? Because the reason why I bring it up is because there's a pattern happening here. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a pattern. It's not like he. It's not like he looks all world in any of these fights except Matisse. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, that's the thing. He's been he's been eking these wins out, but we all know that that eventually, after two three fights from that, that eventually comes full circle on you. No, and, and I have to agree. And he he's been at best he's been a C plus fighter. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and and but I don't want to I don't want us to keep going over uh, the accolades of one Mister Danny Swift Garcia here too long. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, we, we, I know we we all feel like the the decision was a little bit uh, uh, inconsistent with how we feel boxing is scored, and and a lot of people show some you know are disappointed at, at the score, and they feel like this is a black guy on boxing. Again, this is this is on network TV. It's been thirty years since boxing has been on network TV, and this is something bad for. Uh, America to see, you know, like boxing is not scored like any other sport. It's not on a clock. It's not on a on a, on a I score a bucket, you score a bucket. I I, I, I touch the bases, run out all the bases, and that equal that's count amount to a run. Or you know, I pass the ball and you run it into the end zone, and that's the point. It's not something that uh, that you can quantify to say these are things that I'm doing in this fight to say that. I'm going to win this fight. If I, I if I accumulate more of these, I'm going to win the fight. And you can quantify based on how many times I do this. This is all based on opinion. So 
people will be mad and we're going to continue to have these decisions. We just have to, you know, hopefully they can keep these to a minimum as Moxley makes his return back on, to, you know, on, on network TV and, and, and comes back to prominence. So that being said, this is an interesting discussion, and I know we'll hear more about it. Um, Cotto has a fight coming up. I'm here, and I heard it from Roberto, and I heard it from Sleep earlier. You guys want to touch on that before we move on to uh, the, the entree? <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I think I mean it's I guess it's confirmed Daniel Gill is going to be the the opponent. Um, I mean, you, you know, I I think I think in the in this case it's it's kind of a deal where we have to at least or at least we hope um, that you know HBO is televising this fight in 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 the in relation to the there's a preliminary deal for a Canelo fight if they both come out the winner. I mean that's the best case scenario with this, but you know, the thing going into, going into the fight, you know, people are going to have their criticisms of Cotto. And like we've mentioned before, you know, there's a huge elephant in the room at middleweight. And we all know, we all know that, you know, Golovkin is the guy at middleweight, but for the sake right now, it's, it's just, it's a bad look for Cotto in a way where it's, He's the WBC champion, and he's the quote-unquote lineal champion. And I know we've had discussions about, you know, the, the whole meaning behind and, you know. But I, I think really the best scenario out of this, and the only real thing we could look forward to is Cotto gets past this fight, Canelo gets past his fight, and then hopefully the stage is set at that point. But me personally, I mean, I, I don't know how to get excited for this fight and – is Gil's last was his last fight the Golovkin fight or did he fight somebody after that? Um, he has to, I'm not. A, go ahead, write it down. Go ahead, go ahead. You guys, you guys keep talking. I guess. No, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Roberto, finish talking. I, I'm, I'm pulling go up right ahead. now. His. Oh no. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if he fought. Um, if if Gil fought anybody uh, after Golovkin. I mean, there's it's really not much to gauge from that fight considering it ended in the third round, but. Um, you know, the thing with Cotto, man, like, you're always weary with him when he fights bigger guys, you know, and even you take away the Martinez fight, and, you know, I, I'm somebody who gave Cotto props for that fight, but at the same time, even before the fight, and we talked about it, like, I knew Martinez wasn't going in there 100%, so, but, you know, when you look at, like, okay, an Austin Trout, and you look at, uh, I mean, Margarito's a whole different style match, but, I mean, he's a bigger guy. You know, the thing with Gil, man, I mean, he is a big middleweight. He is a legit middleweight, but, I mean, it's it's always a – that's always the danger, man, it is, you know, sometimes it's not so much uh, – I mean, we could talk about skill factor and things like that, but, like, at some point, size does take into account. And – uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not super excited about the fight, but like I said, I mean, I, just, <laughs> I mean, we, we, no, we, 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 we can't discount that 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 Gil brings some serious, uh, some serious jewelry into this fight. He, you know, he is the the holder of the PABA middleweight title and the interim. I'm like, and, 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 hey, hey, and also the WBO Asia Pacific middleweight title. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I was waiting for the diamond belt in there. <laughs> I'm more concerned about if it's at a catch weight. 
be to be honest well, that, with you because yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing they're talking about. I, a catch I'm gonna be, if, if it's at a catch weight, then now we got kind of we got a we got a, a double edge problem on our hands. Um, yeah, because if if if, if if that's the case, then Colton needs to go back to junior middleweight because there's no sense of playing around up here because. He's going to end up fighting Kanawa Alvarez, and that's probably going to pretty much be a career for him at that point. Like right now, it's going to, then it's going to become like he's babysitting the belt if he if he's at a catch weight. Yeah, you know, right, making that guy. Okay, I'm sorry, Coach. No, I'm done. That's it. I am. That I, was I just want. I, I, I want. I want to ask you this. I remember there were some times, man. Now, when was the last time, if 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 I can remember, um, he fought approximately almost a year ago, right? Yeah. To the date right. it's going to be when he fights, right? It was okay. June, right. It was June, all right. So my question to you is, do we get mad at people for or champions for getting, for, you know, taking a tune-up? And I'm just going back to our conversation about three weeks ago before Easter, for Easter holiday, um, where I believe it was Coltrane or Private Roberto that said they may wind up fighting in September. Like, remember you guys that mentioned something about that? Who, him, him and Canalo? Remember you said something about that? Like, they could want, like, their best bet would be to fight in September because if it goes any longer, it's like a detriment to, to Miguel. Oh, yeah, Cole. oh, yeah. I think I said that, too. I know I said right. that. I so said the longer is, they wait. Do you think this is sort of like a tune-up, though? Like, well, I see, know? I don't have a problem with the fight. My problem is if it's at a catch weight. Because I'm like, well, what's the point of being that middleweight for? Just to say he got some belt. Yeah. And then you're kind of openly admitting that you basically beat a wounded animal in Martina, yeah. even though I, we already know that. But it's almost like yeah. they're indirectly saying, listen, if that was a fluky thing, us winning the middleweight belt. We're going to keep it just for, you know, style points. But we're really kind of a junior middleweight, but not really. That's kind of what you're saying if you're fighting this kind of guy at, at, at a mm-hmm. catchweight. It's not like he's fighting some some stud at middleweight. You know what I mean? Like he's fighting a, a guy. The only, like Roberto said, he, yeah. he's a bigger guy, and Cotto's not really a middleweight. That's what this all comes down to in the end. Right? That's all I'm saying, Rod and is that he's really not a middleweight, long story short. If they fight at a catchweight, that, you know, they're pretty much telling you that. The only way I think, like, I guess, I mean, I'm not for the catchweight, you know, but I, I think the only way you can maybe – give a concession is like if it's like a 159, which again is stupid to make a catch weight anyway. Yeah. You know, like, like you did with Martinez, but like I right, think it's if it's just... sad, it's like uh, I'm like, I am not for it, but I don't think it's going to be a deal where Gio's going to be drained or I'm just like tired that, of but... these, like, and this got nothing to do with Cole. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, if these was put in place for a reason, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, we we could spend a whole show on that, so yeah, we can move I, on. Yeah, because it's I, happening I, I, yeah. way too. <laughs> I want to know what somebody just joined us. Was the Big Michael was asleep that just joined us not too long ago? No, nah, that's me asleep. Asleep. All right. Uh, cool. yeah, uh oh, sleep. This is your perfect, your boy uh, Kodo. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, back from the gym. Enjoying, you know, I'm enjoying the information. So, how do you feel about that? I mean. You guys are hitting all the points. It's, we know it's Let a shame. I want to see how big Gil is, Paul. Yeah. I just he's 5'10". He's 5'10". He fell into the belt. You know, he fell That's into the bad. belt. But, uh, I mean, what he does, also, he's, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Even, even the fight with Canelo had 
Where's the Where's the fight at Canelo going to take place? Is that going to be a catchweight? Is that going to be a? Six? Well, we don't. That's probably going to be the thing with that fight. They admit, they said both of them that they were going to fight at one fifty five, one fifty six. But like both of them were okay with it because with Canelo, yeah, like we forget, he like he hasn't touched middleweight yet, like technically. Yeah. So he's okay with it, you know, and, and he's and he can come overweight, so that's no problem for him, you know. Right, right. Well, you better believe Cotto's going to make some concession about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. So, so guys, yeah. that poses the argument, because you say he's, even if he fights, you know, his next fight at a catchweight, and Canelo not really being a middleweight fighter, you know, and he's still taking that mega fight, but it's not a middleweight fighter, is he still babysitting the belt? That fight, yeah, that's, yeah, because that fight will be if it's over the junior middleweight limit, then it's going to be considered that's a, fight a middleweight one, fight. That's the thing, They're right? Both exactly. 154 pound fighters. You know what I'm saying? You say, well, so it really doesn't make sense for them to fight at 160 because neither, yeah. you know. Yeah, but 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 they're but only like, yeah, they're doing it for the concession of the belt, man. Like because Canelo will be yeah yeah. Oh, well. Style points with the belt. That's what that's yeah. what is pissing everybody off. I mean, this is yeah. this is a fine now, remember, piece of art that you're playing with this this belt, and people are kind of you know, mm-hmm. now, you know, now, one of the know interesting things too. Like, I don't think there's ever been. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think in the history of boxing there's ever been a Puerto Rican versus a Mexican for the middleweight title. I could be wrong. I, no, I think you're right about this. See, it's all that stuff. So you got to factor all that stuff in. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's that's I think, all that I stuff. I think if they huge. did it, like remember, remember Oscar and Hop, and B Hop was at like 158, right? They that was at a catchweight. Yeah, like, it was 158. Yeah. Yep. If they do, I mean, I think it's gonna be a catchweight, but I, I mean, I I know, I mean, I get I get the whole thing with the catchweights. I mean, it's just it's not a new thing per se, but I think it's like more more so. It, like in it's recent years, we've just now, been seeing yeah. it a lot, man, and it just kind of starts to water down the titles when you start to go down the line. I mean, when we go down the line, as far as like in the last twenty years, I mean, there's not a lot of fights we could pick through as far as you know champions that where you could say, oh yeah, well he wanted another catchweight, or he wanted another catchweight, you know, at, at least in the last twenty, you know, post twenty years ago. But I mean, that, Oscar, I to be honest just, with you. It started with De La Hoya, to be honest with you. This, I, I just remember when De La Hoya had his reign, you had guys like Roy Jones and all those guys calling him out. He's like, I'll meet you somewhere up, you know, north of uh, of, of 54. Pick a number mm-hmm. and we'll meet there because people were going after the money. They was paper chasing, yeah. basically. So, yeah. you know, um, it, then it just kind of became a trend. You know, it started trending. Then Pacquiao and Roach kind of took it to another level. You know, not to pick on Pacquiao and Freddie Roach, but, you know, they took it to another level with it, and then it just became like a trend. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. been going yeah. on, but like you said, it's just like way more prevalent than than it ever has, you know what I mean? So, But whatever. I mean, I'm cool with the but, Alvarez fight, uh, you know, if they, if it's going to end that way. So is Cotto the linear linear – no, Sorry, no. <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. Who, who is, well, that's the thing. <laughs> in a perfect world, in a perfect world, what it'll be is Cotto and Canelo fight for the green strap. Now, I, I'll say after that, I think the pressure is going to be on, like, for the Golovkin fight to be made. Because the, the reality is he ain't going anywhere. Like, he's no, staying at middleweight. No. It's, it's, 
You know, yeah, so yeah. I, 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 but see, I've always had the opinion that if Cotto beats Canelo, I, I don't think he's going to even entertain a Golovkin fight. Why? And then, but if Canelo wins, I think, I think that's the fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, and if you think about it, that is somewhat of a mini super fight, or at least what it could be next year. There would be one. Yeah, it would be a super yeah. fight. Yep. You know, so that it's, it's like, yeah, that, that's kind of, that's kind of an interesting little web right there too. Isn't it a shame how you guys have any more to add to this point before we move on to the entree? No, I mean, no, nah, good, I guess we, we just got to hear more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to get more information. <laughs> All right, so in continuing with our, our, our series uh, as, uh, as part of the countdown, to the second de Mayo or Cinco de Mayo, like some of you casuals out here say, uh, Mayweather Pacquiao, the the Lumen the Lumen Tupacalypse, according to some of the some of my brethren uh, on GYGB, um, they're professing the it's going to be a, a, a EB extension level event come that day, but we're going we're not going to get into that quite yet. But in continuing where continuing with our can countdown. For the fight, the last two last two calls we covered, we were talking about some of the intangibles, some of the things that actually uh, we're we're trying to use to make a, a, an informed scientific choice as to who we feel is going to be the favorite come May second. First discussion we talked about was uh, physical attributes and, and athletic ability of the fighters. Last time we talked about. Um, ring generalship, which is a very contentious uh, topic in uh, within the ranks here on G- at GYGB. Uh, tonight we're going to cover something that's very key, and I know it, it's it's so broad. You know, it's, it's a very very broad topic. We're going to talk about confidence, and before we get into it, and, and we open up the floor and let you guys take some stabs at it. I want to set the parameters as to what we can talk about. Confidence in, in, in regards to pre-fight, we're going to talk about how some fighters, you know, how prior to the fight, and in particular there's one fighter that we're talking about who, seems, who, who appears to have a mandate from God. And, he's, he, and some people feel he might be a bit, a bit overconfident coming into this fight. And a fighter that may say, hey, I'm too confident where I don't watch tape of my opponent. Uh, and pre-fight, how does that confidence help the fighters to, so that when fight night comes, they may be more confident in the ring and may not be as easily dismayed and discouraged when one fighter starts to implement their will on the other fighter. So uh, I don't know who wants to take a stab at it and, and, and address uh, the topic first. Well, I take a stab at it. I think, you know, you know, when we talk about confidence, you know, I think it's more, you know, just from a baseline, you know, it's more than just, um, you know, first of all, it's an action word. So, like, a lot of people look at, um, you know, there's a difference between being nervous and scared. Just because you're nervous doesn't mean you're not confident. So that's number one. You know, confidence is, a, is an action word. So, like, when I see a lot of people, you know, now they're like, you know, um, you know, psychiat- psychiatrists in terms of 
you know, how these people are holding themselves and their body language, and, you know, they say, hey, look at Floyd's lack of confidence or look at Manny's lack of confidence. You know, to me, you can't really get that out of uh, a press conference. Like, are you serious? These guys are professionals. I mean, yeah, they might be nervous about, like, the, the, the atmosphere and things of that caliber. You know, I'll be nervous too, you know, but it doesn't mean you're scared. I don't think either one of these guys are scared. I think these guys are confident in their own unique way. Um, as shown how, you know, Floyd is really confident when you talk about how he's taking different measures to go about, you know, training for this fight. Some people look at it as a way that, hey, you know what, this guy is unsure of himself. No, here's a guy that really wants to win, and he's doing everything he can to win within his powers to make sure that, you know, this unique style he's facing, he's prepared for it. You know, to me, that's confidence. Or you talk about how, like, you know, Manny Pacquiao, you know, how he's just basically, you know, going in and, you know, now he's kind of a little bit more looser and, you know, he's talking more and everybody's like, wow, you know, here's a guy that just exudes confidence. I mean, these guys are like, you know, really confident. I don't know who has an edge in either one of those categories. I think that these guys are, you know, competitors. To me, neither one of them have been really scaredy cats, despite what anybody has said. And um, I think it's an even edge. You know, I don't think, you know, okay, how about this? I'm going to tell you who's confident. I'm going to shut up after this. Freddie Roach is confident. <laughs> you know, here's a guy. Freddie Roach and Floyd Mayweather Sr. are both confident. How about that? Here, here are just two guys that just talk a whole lot. But other than that, like, I don't feel like anyone has an edge over one person. Like, they're both pretty much confident individuals. Let's talk, let's talk about the talking about the, thing, the, the, the other side of the spectrum. Since you're saying that these fighters appear to be confident, uh, in your opinion, is there such thing? Is there is there something that can be perceived as being overconfident on their part? Can I um go ahead, sleep? I kind of yeah. want to elaborate more so on the on the first point, and I can I can touch that as well. Um, in my opinion, and I don't think it's really going to change the outcome because you know I feel as though, like I've always said, Floyd is one of those rare athletes. As uh, far as his preparation, being born into the sport, everybody knows how I feel the fight will play out. But from a confidence point of view, I think Manny Pacquiao is more of the confident fighter. And um, I think Manny Pacquiao is one of the most confident fighters and athletes I've ever seen in my life. Like, he enters the ring and he he gives off an energy, even when he's hurt, that he's going to win. Like, I, I mean, he's just one of those guys that you can even say, like, a screw is loose. Like, you know, i never forget when Margarito hit him with them body shots and he came back at him. Even if he would have allowed to finish the last fight with Marquez, he would have got up and tried to take Marquez's head off. Like, he's he's a supremely confident individual, and I think that kind of goes back to where he came from and him coming from extreme poverty and him having to scratch and claw his way to being this global superstar. Um, not taking anything away from Floyd, but there's been numerous, like we've had first count reports from from a kid who even suggested that Floyd may not know he if he can beat Pacquiao. Like the same story, like the stories that we may have leaked from his father, 
you know, we've heard a first, you know, a first account from a, a, a child who's now a, a Golden Glove champion who was training with him who said the same exact thing four years prior. He said, I think Floyd can beat Pacquiao, but I'm not sure if Floyd believes he can beat Pacquiao. And, um, you know, I think Floyd may have some doubts, and I think those doubts will be erased through the camp and for what they see they can accomplish, and I think he's going to dominate Pacquiao. But from a confidence point of view, I do think the edge is um, from a natural confidence. Now, I'm not talking about preparation, because, like, when you're prepared, you know, you're prepared for the moment. You know, you execute in the moment. But just from a natural confidence point of view, I think Pacquiao is always confident. And I do believe from the eye test, in the press conference, it's just Floyd was different, and I know he was, he's calmer, he's more subdued, he's 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 focused for this fight, but he appeared to be nervous, in my opinion. See, let, me, let me interrupt you one second. You know the reason why, and this is why I hate doing eye tests with with stuff because no one knows your heart. I'm just going by. I'm going by with my eye test. And that. But do you realize? Pers- you know, I want to put a disclaimer out there real fast. Just having some balance. Um, you know, talking to someone, I don't, in, in coaching, tell me if I'm, if you've heard this or not, or Roberto, tell me if you heard this or not, but is there something out here where, you know, they, because of the lawsuit, like they're saying that Floyd has really, because they settled out of court, like Floyd has really not been trash talking like that. Like there, there are some rumors going around. I just want somebody to tell me if it's just, hearsay or not, where Floyd hasn't really been talking as much because of that lawsuit, because of that slam. I, I didn't hear anything like that, no. All right, I've heard yeah, it. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that. I heard it from somebody that we we, we know co-trained as um, okay. pretty, pretty much engaged. We can talk about offline, but I just didn't. Right, I don't okay. want to say names. My, I, my, uh, my perception, it really it didn't have anything to do with him being overly aggressive like far as like really coming at Pacquiao. Just he just appeared he appeared different to me. He appeared a little nervous to me. And I've never seen him like that before. So that's just my opinion on it. I mean I think too, man, I think what we gotta remember as well. I mean I mean they're they're obviously the two elite boxers in boxing, you know, and it's like a rare case where, you know, they're in the same division and they're they're the number one, number two, but I think, like, if you think about it, man, like, I don't think it's out of the stretch or or out of the imagination for Floyd or even Manny to just really be kind of, like, awestruck of the fact that, like, wow, we're finally here, you know? Like, right, right, you yep. Excuse that, point. you know, like, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, it, 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 as much as it was surreal for us, really, I mean, for them, I, I mean, the fact that, A, they're finally going to be fighting, it's a reality, for for the sake, at least Floyd. I mean, I know he's thinking of the money he's going to be making. But then, you know, I mean, I guess to segue into, like, the confidence situation, I think, um, you know, there, there, I mean, both of you guys, you know, uh, both of you guys made good points, like, with both of them. I mean, I think with Floyd, the, the I mean, he, he, you know, prepares for all these fights. You know, the Sammy, I mean, obviously with this one, it's clearly, like, there's different things going on, but – which, you know, leads you to believe, I mean, is is he not as confident as he was before? But at the end of the day, man, like, both of you guys touch on it. I mean, they're professionals, 
and, and and I think in general going into the fight, there's there's certain aspects that you do have to kind of like keep in mind. Um, you know, when Floyd talks about things such as like, you know, I don't think of losing because it's not in my DNA, and he's lost, so like it's in his mind. You know, the 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 opposite to that is like, yeah, but you have a lot more to lose, so you can't again, you know, pass, you know, you can't pass it by Floyd that he isn't thinking of like, man, what if I do lose? I mean, that's, you, you can't think that's not an impossibility, you know, for, for that to be the case. But I think at the same time, I mean, once the bell rings, I, I mean, you would think both guys are at a level where even for Floyd or for Pacquiao, you, you leave it all on the line. But I mean, I think the confidence for both of them is probably even, but oh. I mean, for different reasons, I'll say, you know, I, for different reasons. But I, I don't think it's going to be so much of a deal where it, when, you know, when the fight comes that they're, they're going to just be, you know, shell-shocked. I mean, I, I think more so than anything. Like, as far as the look, like, at the press conference, it might it might have just been just the whole ordeal happening, you know. And, 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 you know, they were just like, they, or at least for Floyd, maybe he looked like, wow, you know, it's happening. But, but I, mean, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, I didn't pick guys, much from you it. You guys remember when Sugar Ray Leonard fought Marvin Hagler? How did Sugar Ray Leonard look before that fight? Well, he said he was nervous. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's, exactly. it's very nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and I was going to get to that. Like, uh, to Sweet's point, like, you got to remember, and to your point, Roberto, this is a different magnitude, even for, for both guys, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And really, more so for Floyd in this respect, Floyd got more to lose than like Pac. If Pacquiao loses, it's like all right. Well, he lost to the best boxer of this generation. Floyd, on the other hand, his whole reputation is built upon a his undefeated record, b trashing Manny Pacquiao. You know, let's remember how all this stuff got started. It was the Mayweather camp that accused Pacquiao of being on uh, on 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 PEDs. Um, they basically assassinated his character. Whether you agree or disagree, it was a character assass- assassination. So if Mayweather was to lose this fight, you know, he will be scrutinized, like, it, probably more than Ali. Like, like it will be not a, 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 an af- in the history of athletics, nobody will be scrutinized like Mayweather. Like, social media probably will crash. So in my, in, in, to, in my opinion, I think that is weighing in his mind just a little bit. I mean, and of course, when the bell ring is, is is game time, you know, every all that stuff goes out the window. But you know, I I do think that that as a human being, like I heard Sugar Ray Leonard say he was nervous in a few fights. He said you well, wouldn't be humid if nerves didn't set in. Exactly. And that's what well, I was you know, in the especially for the Hagler fight. You know, you know when 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 Ray Leonard watched, and he just talked about this not too long ago. Actually, I think he talked about it on the telecast. When Hagler fought Hearns, he was like he didn't want no parts of that. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's why he, he was like, I didn't, I didn't want no parts of that. You heard what he said before the first Duran fight, though. Like he even said, he goes before I even got to the ring. He even said, he goes, yo, it wasn't my night before <laughs> he even got to the ring. You know, he admitted that. I mean, it's funny how he says it years later, but like he said it on flight. He's like, he goes, he goes, a lot of fighters won't admit it. But, you know, we know if we're not going to have a good night. I mean, it's tough to really explain it to words, but, you know, a lot of it's the psyche. And, you know, you remember 
the pressure Leonard was under going into that fight because, I mean, granted, he had beat Benitez and Floyd Sr. and some of these guys, but that was that was the fight that was going to be the parameter. They're like, all right, you're the dude. And, it I mean, there was a lot of pressure. Oh, the, the, remember, he was also – where was he fighting? In Canada? Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Montreal. You know, honestly, that, that plays a lot. And, you know, when you talk about – That's true, yeah. You, you know, when you talk about being a supreme athlete, you know um, – the whole psyche is 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 the beginning and ending of of, of everything. You know, like it's just yeah. confidence is an action word. So you know, for me, I was just, you know, I was sitting here and I was thinking about Jerry McCollum. Like, you know, his confidence. Do you consider confidence before he fought Nigel Ben? You know, he was, you know, allegedly training off of cheeseburgers and fries because he thought he was going to win this fight easily. Like to me, that's just, you know, no offense. We all love Jerry McCollum. It was just not. It was not using wisdom. So. Yeah. So you know, we we you know, it it depends on how it's like a loose term. How do you really de- define confidence? Because confidence to one person may not be confidence to the next person. You know, somebody using a new training technique, or you know, or Manny going to get uh, what's our buddy name? Um, Co-train. Um, that co- that uh, Alex Alex uh, Alex Ariza. Yeah. No, not him. Not Alex Ariza. The uh, the uh, the um, Justin Ferguson memo. No, the, the sparring partner. The sparring partner. Oh, um, um, Manny guy. Who? The sparring partner Manny has the um the the uh from Cuba. Doesn't he have a UFC fighter? You're talking about Rigo? I don't the, think that was Yeah, but I'm just saying, like you know, for, when we look at stuff like that, to me, that everybody says, oh well, you know, they're nervous, they're trying to emulate. To me, that just means, hey man, I'm just trying to win this fight. Like I really. You know, I remember people like always oh, like, man, look at Ray Leonard flinching his eyes, man. He looks like he's so nervous, but he would wind up winning the fight. It just had nothing. I don't think you can really tell what's in somebody's heart. You know, I think these guys are athletes. They go through it a lot. The magnitude is there. You get these lights, the cameras. They're like, it's like going on a prom or, you know, being married, you know, going to the altar. Like, yeah, you, you know, everything's going to be all right. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're like, you know what, man, this is a big moment. You know, I don't think yeah. either one of these guys are scared by any stretch of the imagination or nervous. I think they both have confidence. I think they've done this plenty of times, you know, and I think that if we look at situations and look at that press conference, we may be feeding too much into something that may not be. Yeah, I don't, for me, and I'm not yeah, even yeah, talking yeah. about the press conference. It's just more nervous for me. two different things, though. Yeah, so. I was right. say, I was just talking about, sleep. you know, the article that Senior put out, uh, I don't know how long ago it was when he talked about, you know, um, we all know Floyd can beat Manny, but, you know, it's up for Floyd to believe that. You know, that's kind of more what I was alluding to, uh, that respect of it. You know, it, it is a lot – It's a, it, you know, it's a lot of pressure on Floyd. You know, more so it – Manny is playing with the house money, basically, you know, and Floyd, Floyd is the guy that's expected to win. He's the favorite in the fight. Um, he's the guy that most people feel as though is the best of this generation, and, and he's not going to. Most of y'all think it's going to be a walk in the park, and you know, and he. That's a. I don't care what anybody say. I don't care uh, how prominent of an athlete you are. And boxing is different from any other sport because it's just you. You don't have any teammates to rely on, and you know maybe tennis you can equate it to. But you know this is a very huge moment in sports, not just in boxing. And that undefeated thing that Floyd relies on, you know, that's a that's his selling point. That's his pitch. And 
you know, I just personally think that a little bit of that is weighing on him. But, however, when once the ding, ding, once the bell rings, I think all of it goes out the window. I was just answering Doc's question about, you know, the whole confidence thing, you know. But I don't. that don't mean that, you know, that he's scared of Pacquiao or he's going to lose the fight. You know, just just drawing a speculation of, you know, of confidence, you know, of his confidence. We can agree that confidence is an action word, though. I just, I just, I'm gonna be honest. I've, I've only seen one boxer. Okay, I've seen two boxers um, in my life. All right, in big fights that have been that have been scared. Besides Ray Leonard, and I remember Michael, one of Michael Spinks. Michael right? Spinks. All right, well, <laughs> that was a lot of Tyson opponents. And then the second one, the second one, my dad is always telling me about. Cause he's my like my encyclopedia. Even though you know, shout out to the kids that don't even use encyclopedias no more. They go on Wikipedia and the internet. But um, was he said, Tom? He said you should have or rather die. You should have saw how um, George Foreman was petrified of Joe Frazier. Like he literally thought that he couldn't beat him until he heard him. You know, and it was crazy because he was petrified. Of Joe Frazier, they, they thought Joe Frazier was a killer, and, and George Foreman admitted it. So you know, but he said that he, you know, he fought. He really wanted to beat the guy too. So those are the only two times I've seen. You, you, like, really you left out. You left out Peter McNeely, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, is that the yeah, McDonald's dude? Is that McDonald's? Uh, that's Pete, pizza, yeah. Hut or McDonald's? Yeah. Was that him? Uh, pizza Hut. The pizza, pizza Hut. My bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so I don't. And I think the other thing about Ray Leonard was. There were people in Ray Leonard camp telling him, like his own brother told him, like, "Yo, you can't be yeah, happy. You're crazy, yeah. <laughs> you can't like, no, him, you kidding me? He was like, "Yeah, but see, Ray Leonard was smart. He did. He waited four years he, mm-hmm. and was like, you know what? I saw some of that Mugabe fight. He saw the Mugabe. He went to the fight and he saw something, mm-hmm. and then well, I could beat him. Well, like I don't, I don't want you guys to get get off on this whole topic and and base it on. Well, we saw the press conference and Floyd looked some type of way, or we saw this guy, we think he's really afraid of needles and he didn't really want to get into this. He didn't want to make this fight because he didn't want to take a test and he was afraid of not having his PDs and Floyd doesn't want to take this fight because he's afraid of losing his, oh, that's not what I I really was hoping to, the type of dialogue that I wanted to, you know, foster when we talked about the topic of confidence. Like I'm talking about, Two aspects of the word confidence. One, one is, is is it such is this mm-hmm. thing as being overconfident to the point that it affects your preparation going into a fight of this magnitude, whether you overestimate or underestimate an op- opponent based on your confidence. And the other, the other side of the confidence uh, uh, to me is in the ring when the fight starts. And one fighter starts imposing their will on the other fighter, and the other fighter doesn't have it, cannot make the proper adjustments. Would like to, a, a fight, a recent fight that I can talk about was how confident Bernard Hopkins was going into the fight against Sergey Kovalev, and when he got into that ring with Kovalev, and he couldn't really do that that tricky stuff, that soapy stuff, Rod. They we have an affectionate name for Bernard. We call him Soapy. You know, it's an homage to when he was on that cell block at, at, at Greater Fort, and it's something that he would do with the soap and the showers. The family show. We're not going to talk about that. But um, yeah, yeah. When, when Bernard Bernard was in there with Kovalev, um, 
he couldn't do what he normally would do against other fighters, mentally abuse them and doing those silly things that he does to get over on them. And we saw how his confidence was affected. When, when Sergey Kovalev saw that the stuff that, that, you know, that Bernard really couldn't handle what he was doing, he became a little bit more confident in that fight. So that's something that I was hoping you guys would talk about and address a little bit more. When we have two fighters that who, who who have never been short on confidence in the ring. These are two forces. This is a uh, these are two. This is when 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 planets collide. This is when when stars collide. Well, with that so, being said, then I think well, with that being said, then to me, my point still stands. I think they're both confident because I've seen stuff not work for Manny. Him getting his head jabbed off, and he still fights the same way. He's confident enough to say, "Hey, it's going to get it's going to get done." And I've seen Floyd get hit. You know a couple of times, and, and you know what? He'll go and alter what he's doing and confidently fight another style so like or do something different. So I think, like I said, that they're both confident in their own way. I mean, even when Floyd, even when Manny got knocked down by Marquez, he still got up and fought the same way. He made no adjustments. Mm-hmm. He fought the same way. You know, when he was allegedly, when I thought he won, when he lost to Timothy Bradley, he fought the same way. When with Eric Morales, he fought the same way. I mean it was just nothing it was nothing different that he did. He just fought the way that he knows how to fight confidently. You know, it wasn't like he said, Okay, this guy's making me change or alter what I what I know how to do and Floyd, to his thing, he has so many different styles like a Shaolin monk, you know, that he's just saying, Okay, you know what, you learned okay, you mastered this one, now I'm gonna give you the praying mantis. So he confidently changes his styles based off of, you know, what's being in, what's in front of him at that time. I mean, you're always going to get the shoulder roll, but you might get something different in between. So I just think that they're both confident in their own way. And to be honest, this is why you have these planets colliding. It's because you have two confident individuals, one that's confident and not making adjustments because he is who he is and he's been successful at that style. And you have another one that's been confident at giving you different looks like Belichick, that, you know, he changes things, you know, here and there, things that we don't even see, that, um, you know, helps him to win fights. So I just think that they're both, in my opinion, still, based off of what you said, Docs, they're both confident in their own way. They're not going to alter what they do based off of this person or that person. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to stick to their game plans. And um, the only person that's really going to change anything you know, and make adjustments is really Floyd, you know, and he confidently does that in particularly every fight, especially if he feels as though it's, you know, there's a threat coming along. I believe the the edge in, in, in that particular aspect of it, I give it <laughs> simply because of um, his ability to have those different dimensions. Now, I, I agree with uh, Rod or Die as far as Manny um, mentally probably continue to do the same things he's doing. But um like if seeing if we see him in an equation where he gets his offense shut down and like my prediction for this fight is the first time seeing Manny Pacquiao a little winded and frustrated. And that's why I've always picked and I guess we didn't get to that part so I'm not we're really not there yet. All right. So um it's really based on Manny getting frustrated, seeing Manny frustrated and winded for the first time. And um, that's why I give the edge to Floyd, because Floyd has more 
Powell's in the chamber. Floyd is confident to know if the first three, four rounds is not working. He's been there before. And he can totally reverse the fight. So in that, in this particular aspect, I, I give I give uh, Floyd the edge or his confidence, you know, in a situation if things are going wrong and things are going downhill in the fight. Uh, I, I, I have to respectfully disagree with my uh, brethren here. I think that uh, in this instance, uh, as far as confidence go, again, um, Floyd, uh, last couple fights, uh, he's been more uh, reactive than proactive. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him being more proactive in this fight. And, you know, one thing about Pacquiao, and Rodadai alluded to this, you know, his train never stops. You know, you know, he really no one way, and that's just go pedal to the metal. And that could be to his detriment. Like, you know, maybe he gets dropped or, you know, uh, or, or he has troubles, cu- trouble cutting the ring off. So his confidence may get rattled as well. But I just think that, you know, early on in this particular fight, I just think, you know, the buzzsaw is going to be in effect. And I think Floyd is going to be, you know, um, you know, back against the fence a little bit. And I think his confidence is going to be rattled a little bit early on in the fight. Um, I do think he'll probably adjust. But uh, just, you know, sticking with the uh, the subject of confidence, I think early on, and I know Floyd makes adjustments in all his fights, but in this particular case, um, things can things can get bad really quick and really early for him if he's not careful. And he understands that he knows this. And, um, you know, uh, as far as confidence, as far as confidence goes, I, you know, I, I just, I just, I, I got to go with Pacquiao here. Um, I just think that he, I've seen Floyd in a role that I, I'm just not comfortable. You know, I'm not comfortable seeing him in. And against this guy and against this style, you know, he has to be careful early on in this fight. You know, this is a, a, a huge storm that he'll have to weather. So I'm gonna go with Pacquiao with the confidence factor early on in the fight. <clears throat> and Big Mike, come on the show. We're still here. Mm-hmm. Trey, you gotta understand the question is more so you going right. you saying you're going with him early on or I mean <clears throat> like going into the fight. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Like going into the fight based off of their two styles. You know, no, that was, he was basically saying based upon if things went wrong, right? I thought he was saying. saying this went wrong if 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 it went wrong, right? Yeah, I, I was using the parallel of what happened in the in the Kovalev Hopkins fight. How Bernard was a fight a fighter that we all felt was confident, and we and a lot of people felt like, well, Bernard is the alien, fifty years old. He's been doing what he's been doing for the last few years, abusing well, other fighters. Kovalev is no different. And when he got in there with Kovalev, and Kovalev did what he was doing, you saw a different Bernard. His confidence. And that's what I and, I and that's what I was drawing my parallel off of Bernard because him and Floyd kind of do the same thing. They they want you to show your hand early, and basically hoping you know you you know you crap out, and then they take over from there. And I'm just saying against Pacquiao, that might not be the case. You know how it was in these other <clears throat> in these other fights. That 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 was my only point from from you know just piggybacking off of the Bernard and Kovalov situation. But go ahead. I mean, you know, Roberto, uh, okay, you know, Roberto he didn't speak his piece. So. Yeah, I mean, I think with both of them, I mean, I think, yeah, like, I, I think there's there's different reasons why you could say both of them may have 
you know, the more confidence going in. But I think with Floyd, I think him going into the ring, you know, I think the way he's looking at it, and we've seen kind of the trend as far as guys. He, I mean, he takes all the all the guys he fights seriously. I mean, I don't think it's like where he just uh-huh. lacks off and what have you. I mean, I have an opinion about that. But I think going in, I mean, I think he's looking at it like, okay, you know, Pacquiao does have five losses, but this guy can't fight. Now, with Pacquiao, like uh, Ride or Die was mentioning, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Coltrane was mentioning, like, Pacquiao's the type of guy that, like, yeah, the motor doesn't stop, you know, and I think it really depends, like, I think it's it's a situation where we're going to find a lot about that fight in the first three, four rounds. I would say the first three rounds, because... With Floyd, man, like he, he like I'd ride or die said this, where it's like he has so much to pick from as far as like how to kind of dissect the style. So you know, you you have to think that the confidence kind of leans towards Floyd, even though he's had, at least in my opinion, hasn't looked the greatest in his last two fights. But I think his mentality, and you got to remember too, like the, the camp around him. He's all filled with people telling him, like, you got this shit. Like, and the only thing with Floyd, and it does come back to the whole fact of, like, what Floyd is putting on the table. Um, I mean, the confidence in the ring is one thing, but, I mean, that does parlay to what can transpire in the ring as far as when the bell rings, where everything just becomes a reality. And, you know, just like with the press conference, it can play in the ring, even though these guys are you know, professionals, but I think Floyd should have the confidence going in there as far as what he, at least what he thinks <laughs> he he's going to be able to do with Pacquiao and based off like what he believes as far as his situation with Marquez and, and, and Zab and all of the Southpaws he's fought. I mean, that's got to play in his head too, that he knows he can be the matador in this fight, but a lot is going to play into like what transpires in the fight as far as like, you know, if something happens, it, how the confidence level becomes like, okay, I got this, or his body doesn't respond anymore. I mean, a lot of it is going to play in the fight, but I got, I think Floyd has the confidence. Uh, as far as if I were to give an advantage, I would, I would give it to Floyd in in that department. You know, I mean, I mean, that, I mean, that, that that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. No, no, definitely. Uh, it's, it's a definitely inter- uh, an interesting topic that stirs a lot of debate. I guess um, this is uh, Garja Grill Boxing on Talk Show Radio. We have the idea to show again for those of you out there listening who are just tuning in. You're listening to our May second countdown. We're, we're covering some of the intangibles that we're going to use to make our own inform choices, our own educated guesses, so to speak, on, on who we feel is going gonna, is gonna to be the favorite fighter on May 2nd. So this is the third installment in the Intangible series. We covered athletic ability or attributes. We covered ring generalship, and we're talking about confidence and how much that impacts, how much that plays a role into uh, the training and preparation methods for each fighter and how they may react to uh, each other in the ring. So you've heard uh, some of the GYGB guys here talking about who they feel is, is 
it, how it, how immaterial this may be or, or how important this may be. So, um, let, me you guys guys, any... let me ask you guys a question: Was you know when, when we when you judge typically um, confidence, we do know that there are people that have trained, prepared, had the right corner, everything, have mm-hmm. gone in the ring, have been confident, and still have lost the fight. I just don't I just don't believe that at this juncture that neither one that we can say, I mean honestly, that we can say that either one of these guys, just based on what Docs has said and what we know and what we've seen, are unconfident in what they do. Like I just don't believe that we could possibly leave this conversation and say, regardless of who we think is gonna win, that one guy is more confident. It's a clash well, of styles because I, 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 could, I could say that. Well, Big Mike, <laughs> I can say that. But Mike, you, but Mike, hold right on, on cue. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish my point. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of the times, you know, again, and I'm glad you're here because we pick people and we say things, <laughs> and we say things because we believe we cheerlead a lot from different aspects. When if you look at the history of contact sports, of of boxing, you know what I mean, based off of what Doc said, these guys, they're a clash of styles. Here's a guy that's typically never made any adjustments, you know, for the most part, and basically he's confident in what he's done. And here's a guy that comes in the ring, and he's made adjustments based on what you bring, and he's undefeated. So how could you say that based off of what Doc's point, any of you guys – can say that okay, well this guy seems more confident because of this, or this guy seems less confident because of that. I think that, you know, when it comes to confidence, it's an even it's an even playing field for both of them. It's an even playing field. Well, it, it has, Mike, let's say what Big Mike has to ask it. Go ahead, Big Mike. I, I think I think the confidence issue is the nine hundred pound gorilla in the room. I think the confidence issue is if there was an even playing field of confidence this fight would happen six years ago, respectfully. And I don't, I don't think there's an even playing field of confidence. In fact, I think that there is an imbalance of confidence. You're um, talking about confidence in the ring to make adjustments, by the way, just so you know that. Well, I, I know what you're talking about. No, and that's not what I'm talking because, about. Because, well, it, 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 it was a two-part two setup, too. Uh, let, because let him, let him because whatever, whatever, whatever you think that you could do inside of the ring overall plays a confidence in even how you approach the fight outside of the ring, respectfully. So Ray Leonard so wasn't confident against Marvin Hagler, and he took the fight four years later. Until he saw something to John McGabe. He said, This is why it becomes loaded. That's why I say you got to really stick with Doc said. No, Ray no, Leonard no, no, took no, a fight four years He took a fight Ray, four years Ray later Leonard. when he should have took a fight four years before. Then, on top of that, not only did he take that fight four years later, he was doing different training things. All right, he had different people working with him. So let's, let's stick to that thing because a loaded question because then you get into the needle thing and you get in, it. Just, it just becomes a mess. So, like, if you just stick to, like, all right, based off of their styles, like what Doc said, who makes his adjustments? Because you can go back to history and say, okay, well, this guy wasn't confident, or this didn't happen. Well, it just. I mean, but you know, but, but you, you you make these adiabatic conversations as if, like, like these things don't, like, one thing doesn't happen to the other. It does. I mean, it does. Because all right, one at a time. Go ahead, Brian. Well, let, let him respond. Let him retort. 
I mean, it, it, to me, it's like pointless because if we want to talk about ring generalship and all of these other different nuances of how this fight could go, I mean, I mean, let's break it down. This fight should have happened six years ago. If there was so much confidence, if there was so much, if there was so much superiority between one fight over the other, it was so much mastery. If there was so much ring generalship, this fight would have been happened. This kid would have been dominated. But it hasn't been that way. And the fact of the matter is this fight is just happening. The fact of the matter is this guy's been knocked out. He's been beaten twice. And, uh, and, the fight's st- and this fight's just happening. So, I mean, overall, I mean, there's a fundamental issue of, of a lack of confidence. I mean, I mean, I, I mean you, we could talk about whatever happens in the ring. Yeah, whatever. But, I mean, the general underlying issue is, no, there hasn't been a whole lot of confidence. Because if there was a whole lot of confidence, this fight would have went down a long time. All right, so the first time, the first time it didn't happen, and it was allegedly, all right, somebody was afraid of needles, allegedly. So, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is where we get into the bull crap. So, allegedly, somebody was afraid of needles. So, do you say, okay, well, it didn't happen because this guy was afraid of needles. No. You know what? To me, it just more or less dealt with, you know what? It is what it is. It's the politics of boxing. They both went back and forth with their bull crap. All right? I don't think neither one of these guys are unconfident. You know, they come from very humble beginnings. Right, but right? if you want, to talk about the, you want to talk about the needle issue, respectfully, he came back within a month and acquiesced to all of his demands. So, nah, I mean, it was just stupid. It was just stupid. It wasn't six years before he said, okay, I'll take a needle. I mean, it was like two months before he said, okay, I'll do everything you want. I just, I just feel, I just feel. You know what I think? I think that when you, first of all, when you talk about those other issues from from last week, you know, which like you didn't have a, a really a platform to stand on because of what the way the questions were asked. You know what? It just to me, it just makes it seem like okay. Well, you know what? Now you can go back and pull back from the past and say, okay, this fighter is not confident because of this. Like was a Vanderhoek, like was Mike Tyson unconfident because he didn't fight? The people he should have fought in the beginning, or was it just we're not talking? We're not talking no, about no, 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 Mike no, no. Tyson. Just the but we're not talking because, about them. Right, we're not talking. Of, about, we're talking about a day. guy. Hold on. We're talking about a guy that was undefeated. He proclaimed himself as the best fighter in the whole world. He cleared out everybody in the division except for one guy who he repeatedly avoided for years. Who? Who's this? I mean, I mean, it's just like who, who are you talking I about? Mean, Mike Tyson? Are you talking about uh, Floyd Mayweather? I'm talking about this fight. So you keep bringing up references for so, so, so let me ask you this. So let me ask you this. Is, is, is Floyd, was, was Floyd, so let me ask you a question. If you were to go, see, to me, like, you can go back, if we're going to judge it off of that, you can go back to, okay, well, why Shane didn't fight Floyd the first time or why why Aaron Pryor didn't fight Sugar Ray Leonard. See, to me, that's like bull crap. Now, I'm sticking, see, no, I'm sticking to, look, stick to the this fight. Manny Pacquiao's fought everybody that respectfully that they put in front of him. All right, so and, let me ask you a question. Manny, right, so, okay, so he fought everybody okay. in front of him. All right, so now now let me start digging from my bag. Let me go tit for tat now. Let me be. You, let me go by the report. Now, hold on. Let me finish this. No, we're going to go needle. If Manny Pacquiao was so confident, why didn't he fight Miguel Cotto at his right weight. Why didn't he fight some of these people oh, at his right oh, weight? So he was unconfident. Here, see, these were, 
I mean, so so now, so now here we go. So now, now, now you want to deal with the problem here? You want the bull crap to come out? Right. Why do you fight with those people? Why you fight with people the right way? Why he had to get catch weight? Why he had to fight Margarito after he was dead? Well, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. First of all, not only did he fight Miguel Cotto, he destroyed him way more than Floyd Mayweather did. Okay, here we go. After he got hit with a home depot, after he got hit with a home depot out eight, after he got hit with a home depot out eight, he got hit with a whole wall. Okay, the cat got hit with a wall. All right, and now you said, oh, he beat him worse. Yeah, of course he beat him worse. The kid was probably freaking coma till he probably brain dead. Got beat, got hit with a wall. So that's number one. Number two is before Shane. All right, the first time he fought Shane, he made him try to go down to 142. Then he waited till Shane was was freaking a grandpa, and he said, okay, you know what? He has so much confidence. He fought Shane when basically he was a, a zombie. Then you know what he does? He fights Chris Algieri, a kickboxer. All right, he was so confident. All right, he fought Chris Algieri. All right, and basically did what he had to do with that. He fought Brandon Reels. He was so confident. He made Brandon Reels blow up and wait and move up. He was so confident. Okay. He was so All confident right. he fought a dead Margarito. Come on, man. Let, 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 right. let Big Mike retort real quick. I let, just let, don't let, understand. Let, let, let you me, go let me give you a real problem for that. I'm going to shut up now. Let him talk. He fought Chris Algieri respectfully right at that because Floyd Mayweather didn't want to fight him. He fought Brandon Reels because Floyd Mayweather did not want to fight him. And if you want to talk about catchweight, uh, let's talk about let's talk about our boy uh uh what's his name at one one fifty four Floyd fought him at uh Floyd made it come down to one fifty two and he fought him a catch weight too. He talked about everybody else fighting people at catch weight. He made um what's his name? Um the Mexican dude with the red head come down to one fifty two and fight him at a catch weight then. I mean, is that a legitimate win for Floyd Mayweather? Absolutely. Because the guy came down and fought him at 152. So it wasn't a 154 fight. He made him fight at a catchweight as well. So, I mean, if you want to talk about catchweight, that's a non-issue. Because, uh, respectfully, Cotto uh, fought, fought um, uh, Floyd after he fought Manny Pacquiao. And Cotto uh, gave Floyd a lot more right work than he, gave, than he gave Manny. That is right weight. That is right weight. He had, this is what I'm pointing talking about. He had so much confidence that he fought these people at these crazy weight. Oscar looked like Oscar like a supermodel on a runway before a tryout. Like, you know what? I'm going to take this diuretic, I'm going to lose all this weight, and I'm going to come in and I'm going to put this dress on. That's what Oscar looked like before he fought. Actually, actually a diuretic is a PED in some, in right. some circles. Well, no, a diuretic actually, if you, because you know I do this, diuretic is actually basically an, a, a, a process of you getting rid of excess water. It works in your kidneys. So, and a lot of people do use it to excrete. Yeah, excrete. a lot of people use it so, to mask so my point, so my point, So my point is, is it gets, helps you get rid of water waste. So my point is is that when you, and it dehydrates you. So my point is, is that when we talk about confidence, you say he should have took this fight five years ago. My point to you is, all right, well, if you're so confident, you brought up all these people he fought, he should have fought them at their right weight if he was that confident. That's my point. Like, you know, if you want to say, okay, we should have happened five years ago. And I said, all right, well, you know what? You had this happen. You had this happen. You had this happen. Now we're getting all but the time. he fought them. Okay? He fought them. He, he fought them. He fought them. Okay. All right. So he that's so, there, so that was my 800. That's my 800-pound question. He's a, he's a, the eight-pound gorilla is that he called your man. He talked about Chris Algieri. He had to fight Algieri because Floyd he did. wouldn't fight him. You know what I would Floyd do? You know what I would do? This is what I'm going to do. Floyd would I'm not ask, fight him. I'm gonna ask Shaquille O'Neal to play me one on one, and I'm gonna say, "Guess what, Shaq? You gotta shoot all jumpers. You can't, you can't back me down." That's what I'm gonna say. 
And then if I win, I'm like, yo, I beat Shaq. But, but I was I was scared from the bottom. I was scared from the bottom. I'm scared from the take me down the road. I mean, it's just it's just stupid. Like the argument that you make. Saying, your boy made the same. Floyd did the same nah, thing. You know he what? Did the I same think he did, I think he. You know what? I think he did the Marquez. But when you think about it, he fought like when you bring up Kodo, he fought Kodo. Yeah, he did it more. He, he moved up. Marquez he moved too. up to actually. He moved up to actually fight Kodo and Oscar at the right weight. He did. He did it. He did it to, did it to Alvarez. He did it to Alvarez. He did it to Alvarez. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, hey, but, but, it's okay, now, but it's now, okay. okay. But it's okay. I, 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 I got to intervene here because now we're starting to go into gamesmanship. And we're starting to talk about uh, strategies that are being used by both camps that have been used in, in, throughout the history of boxing. Like we all know uh, catch weights, uh, size of gloves, ring size, ring entrance, all those little different things that, that take place in negotiation are tactics that happen. And every, every, every fighter at some point in their career has been guilty of it, right? So it's always been something that's been predicated on ego and who the top dog is. Roy, Roy, and uh, Tarver got rings, into it. Roy Jones. Yeah, Roy, Roy and Tarver got into it because of what, what side of the uh, of the which camera angle, angle uh, right. was being pre- was being presented for the champ at that time. So that's all. That's always something that happens. So, but I don't want to get away from the topic of what I really presented originally. I, I didn't know confidence was going to be such a contentious point. What I was trying to well, illustrate was that it, prior to a fight. Things occur where one fighter might be perceived as being a little bit more confident than normal in the fight, which translates into going into the fight thinking that he has he has the upper hand, and then they get shot. And then you have a fighter that may feel a little bit less confident and does and does and digs in a little bit deeper in training and appears to be more prepared. So I was hoping you guys would touch on something like that, and also talk about how how being better prepared for a fight of this magnitude will play into what can transpire in the ring and which fighter would be more confident come uh, fight night based on the preparation methods. And I wanted to touch on something before I give it back to uh, to train was that the reason I said this is because something that's been really bugging me over the last uh, couple of months is Manny Pacquiao has been doing the rounds. He's been doing a press run on a lot of these talk shows and and a lot of the interviews he's been given, he's been saying stuff like, you know, God will deliver him into my hands. I'm the chosen one. And he's been really uh, making these assumptions based on Floyd is the infidel. He is God's chosen. And he is he's being tasked with uh, carrying out the will of the faithful by handling Floyd on May 2nd. And he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And it's just like, you cannot, well, I, can I can I address that? Can I address that? Please do. I, I I think that's a huge mistake on Manny Pacquiao. And first of all, I think it's any mistake on any Christian, whether uh, um, any Christian. I think to look down on any other person being Christian or non-Christian and think that you're better because you sin differently or you sin less than someone else. Or to think you're better because you have a relationship with God. I think that's a mistake. I personally have been looking to see if I've been hearing that type of rhetoric. I haven't. I heard Freddie Roach say that kind of stuff. I haven't heard it directly from Manny Pacquiao. If it's true, I think that's a big mistake on behalf of the um, on behalf of Christians. I don't think Christians should be going around doing that. You're going to be 
taking care of the evil of the world by beating somebody up in the ring. I don't think God sanctions that, and I don't think that's what God is about. And, and I and I can go on record to say that. And, and in this verses in the Bible, and, and Big Mike is, is correct. There are verses in the Bible that actually talk that actually where God uses evil to teach people, teach you know his people about you know other things. So like you know, I've heard Manny say that. To be honest, like I really don't pay attention to it. I just think it's just yeah, it's good. It's good TV. But you know, again, right. if you talk about just if you talk about confidence, like I said, just with the point of hand, I. You know, just to let everybody know, like, I'm more, just so you know, I'm more of an Andre Ward fan off record, on record, than I'm a Floyd Mayweather fan or a Manny Pacquiao fan. Like, I I love Andre Ward as much as I love Roy Jones, but that's a different story. But I really don't, I really want everyone to look at this fight, my objective to look at this fight as a fight. Like, when we looked at Haggard and Leonard, we looked at it as a fight. So to me, when it goes in there, I have no dog in the race. I'll look at it and say, you know what, these guys are both supremely confident in what they do, based off what Doc says. If you define confidence the way that Doc says, these fighters are supremely confident in what they do. If we look at it by the way what Big Mike has said, then obviously we can go back and forth and say, well, this person did that, that person did this, this person did that, that person did this. I think that they're both confident going up to the fight May 2nd, 2015, Based off of their training, based off of everything they do, even with Manny doing the rounds, even with Manny doing the whole, you know, dog and pony show, kissing the babies on the forehead, you know, all that other thing. No, <laughs> well, he's not doing that no more because they weren't about him catching a cold. Right. But that's I mean, but with. I still, yeah, but I still think that he's confident, and I think that even though Floyd. But you know what? Real quick, I just want to say, I, you know, one thing we got to we we talked about this, uh, you and I, Rod, and the the rest of the GYGB brethren is to be careful of the theatrics and the cinematography that's taking place, even with Manny, with the religion. First of all, I don't even believe that Manny's on Twitter or any of these things. I think uh, somebody not. writes this stuff for him, but that's a whole other subject because Manny's too busy to be on some social sites. The dude, is a, he's a president. He plays in a, a basketball league. He's a general. You know, he sings. He does all these different things. I just don't have Don't forget, don't forget time. Green, don't, don't forget, he's a Green Beret too. Yeah, and, he's a Green and, Beret. And, and, you know, and then they have, have fair balance. We know that. We know allegedly Floyd, you know, is not on the site either for other reasons. Right, right. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, because yeah, well. because of the cat and hat, because of cat and hat, Harry Potter. Yeah, cat and yeah, hat. but but I just think that <laughs> yeah. you know, from um, you know, the, the the you know, silence. You know, as they say, bad boys moves in silence. I think some of the stuff that Floyd is doing, I think, is actually somewhat smart because. They're leading to believe a false sense of of confidence in a way, um, you know, because there's been more talk. To just to be honest, there's been more talk from the Pacquiao camp than it has the Floyd camp. I mean, you get yeah, the more birds. Yeah, and that's that's something that I'm seeing right now that I feel like um, that I'm finding a lot of respect from the Mayweather camp. I mean, I mean, fair is fair. I'm seeing a whole lot. If I would have saw this side of Floyd Mayweather. A long time ago, and, and y'all know my personal issues with Floyd Mayweather have been uh, utter disgust and disdain with some of his his antics and so his Bollywood methods on 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 those all access shows. But you know, notwithstanding, with this particular fight, I think he's conducting himself extremely well and professional, and I gotta have a lot of respect for that. And, yeah, uh, I don't think I think it's because this fight doesn't need to sell. 
you know, just him, well, and plus that, that really, character is already sold already. Like yeah, exactly. that, you gotta remember so, that character that was already. selling. But I was, that's I was sold and delivered. I was listening to some interesting commentary on this particular subject that we're discussing. Why is Floyd Mayweather so so unusually silent? And the commentary that I was listening to um, from a lot of people um, was that that he was that he was nervous, that he was scared, that he felt like that he he was not as confident as everybody thought he was, so he didn't have much to say. And but it's crazy uh, you because know. then you hear you hear on the other side too that why then Manny is you know Manny is different too because usually he's not like as vocal during these fights and he's just doing things that are uncharacteristic too. That's why I said. Well, you know what? I don't think Manny is being like I said to to my opinion, other than the religious dogma that I'm hearing. I don't think Manny's acting out of the norm. I think Freddie Roach is being Freddie Roach. He's hyping Manny up, I think. Yeah, Freddie like, Freddie you know, Roach. Freddie Roach is, is to me. He's nervous. Has, <laughs> it, it, it has been a constant negative mouthpiece and has misrepresented Manny negatively, in my opinion. All we from you know the whole Ariza thing getting kicked and you know the the Nacho incident. Um, you know the What's incident was. Uh, he well, got, him and Nacho. Yeah, he got in the thing with Nacho, and then he got in the thing with um, um, what's his name? The other trainer. What's his name? Um, Alex Ariza. I know he got Nacho because he threw out the gym, and they was arguing about the gym. Come on, what's Ariza? What's what's the other trainer? I thought Conte was the guy. He said he didn't. He got beef. I mean, that's just not Manny. He said he wouldn't trust Conte with his cat. Yeah, it's just not Manny Pacquiao. So a lot of that. That's what he said about So. So a lot of that stuff you're seeing with Freddie Roach is just typical Freddie Roach of late. I don't know why Freddie Roach is, is, is really – this has been really Freddie Roach of, of started with um, – I think it started with um, no, with, that Mar- with the Marquez, with that Nacho Beast incident. It, it started then, and it's like Freddie Roach has got this whole new alter ego now. And, nah, he's always been like that, man. Yeah, this is kind of well, he was he was talking stuff to Bernard. When I mean, it's just he's just always been like that. And and you know what? Quite frankly, you know the the same the same person that that Coltrane and I know out off the scenes, you know their family. They actually this is why I say you really can't believe, you know, when we talk about like Floyd's you know villain behavior. You know, we can't really believe that this guy is who he is. Like you know, I think that. When, you know, a lot of the people, like, they, there was a report where Manny said, I want to be Floyd for all the women in the world. But, you know, Manny has his own issues with women as well, yeah. which is why he converted to, you know, you know, to, you know, a Christianity. So my point is I feel like a lot of this stuff that Floyd does when you look at it, when you go back to that airplane conversation they had with Sugar Ray Leonard and Oscar De La Hoya, and they wanted him to act like, well, who was it, Docs? The Golden Boy. They want to act like the Golden Boy was a. Well, they didn't want him to act like them. Like, and yeah, they they want like no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I think that when you look at that, Floyd has all of us right where he wants us. You know, this is what he wants. This is why he doesn't need a 24 7 because we're just talking about this. And to be honest, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm starting to think that, you know what, man, like. I'll, I'll leave that one alone with, with the prediction, but the more and more I think about it, man, I just feel like, you know, we're just, this is like the great white hype where, like, basically, you know, you got one thing just trying to sell a fight. It's just this this ego, this this alter ego has been trying to sell this fight 
for a while, no matter what we think. You know, this is all to sell a fight. This is all part of that show. Me well, right, but the medium to do it, has that's the disturbing part. I mean, it's just like, you know, for a black man to be really successful well, not in just the media, any, you got well, any let me nationality. My point. Let me finish my point. But if it's like a black man to be successful in, in film, you got to wear a dress. You know, it's the demasculation of black men. So here comes the black coon. And for 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 it to be somebody to to, to really sell pay per view fights, somebody got a coon and 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 you know you got to vilify the black man by jumping around with a whole bunch of diamonds you can't even carry and scratching your balls and acting like a coon and you know um, I I just don't have no respect for that. I'm do you sorry. Remember, do you remember? Do you remember what Muhammad Ali did to Joe Frazier in the Thriller Manila when he? I'm up sorry, his... that was not cooning. And no, 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 a lot no, of people try to make justification. No, 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 I'm not making justification, but I'm just saying I want you to hear my point. I said justification. It's just not. It's but, but, not justification. Uh, no, when, when when he took up that gorilla, and he and he, you know, he and he hit, you know, he and he was like hitting the gorilla, right? That big black gorilla, right? You know. Did a lot of the people like the FOI, the Fruit of Islam, like, did they take offense to that? I just feel like, you know, some of this stuff is just to sell a fight. And to be honest, the more and more I look at it, you see pictures of him and Manny, like, they were talking before the fight. They was in some sweet talking, you know, just casually. I just really think that, honestly, we just, we basically fed into a character that, you know, this guy really isn't. You know, sort of like how Mike Tyson would just go to Razor Rudding. He would just pull, he had these tiger-striped jaws on. And he would just pull down and show his jewels. Like, nobody said anything about that stuff. They was like, oh, man, Mike is the man. You know, y'all walking around with Mike Tyson T-shirts on. You know what I mean? It, I just feel like, you know, we, we, this is my point. I just want us to both, to all of us, look at this fight, not from a personal standpoint, but just off of skill. Because I think if we start looking at off of skill, we'll start seeing the Manny Pacquiao fans will start seeing why Floyd Mayweather is a threat, and the Mayweather fans will start looking at it as, wow, why Manny Pacquiao is a threat, which is why I sent you guys a text message, and I'll say it on air, you know, and I'm getting off the point, Docs, but I'm going to just say it on air just real fast, and I want all the Floyd Mayweather fans to know this, is that when we start talking about this steroid thing and we start trying to belittle Manny's character, you, you know, I feel like for us we need to put the car in reverse. Not because – a reason in Floyd Corner now. But typically, all the stuff that we talk about of why Floyd Mayweather, why Manny Pacquiao was so successful and he was on his Aesop meth, whatever it was, it really no and void because it's not like Manny has been dropping people left and right. He's been stopping people. So that steroid thing that we're talking about is no and void. It's not like it gave Manny superpowers, even if it did, or these alleged shakes he was taking. That's, we need to stop, you know, assassinating people's character for being a Christian, a non-Christian, being, you know, walking around, you know, we think that he's walking around with jewels and degrading black people is right or wrong because we have no heaven or hell to put anybody in. What this is all about is what happens when they get in the ring. You know, who has the better jab? Who comes in? Who is a better person? Because we've seen a lot of people who live crazy lifestyles out of the ring be very successful and have win fights and people that were very religious and very respectful lose fights, you know, so that's why I said we got to take that stuff all out of it because it makes it more political than a boxing, you know, than what it should be on this boxing station, you know what I mean, for for GYGB, it should just be about... Well, I mean, but that's just your perspective, I don't do that, I don't take all that out, I leave all that in, 
I yeah, that's that's not a good way to judge a fight then, because at the end of the day, because, because, that, because that's, well, I want this guy, way, I want this. You're, you're supposed you to be, you're supposed to be non-biased, and you're going to say, no, "Oh, I want this guy I, to get knocked out that, because I, he walks around with jewels." Well, I know he's I a black man. No, he's the he's the green white people. That's not what I'm saying. Don't don't just misuse my words. I look at everything. I look at the smoke, the mirrors. I look at everything. I look at everything they want us to see on all access. I look at everything they want us to they 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 don't want us to see. I look at everything because in any game, there's always a behind-the-scenes that always plays a factor in the game somehow. And if you think that just because two people get in the ring and that the other stuff that doesn't happen behind the scenes is not a factor, I think that's naivete. Everything is a factor in that game, in the game of boxing. Everything's a factor in everything, in people's lives and with who people are is what show what makes them show up in the ring, on a basketball court, on a baseball field. It's who they are as a person. That's what comes out on the court, on the field, in the ring. And it's that's funny you say that I because Jordan everything. didn't really give us a, a prelude to his life. No, and, you know, he was secret and, and about he it. Nah, he didn't but, towards but, but the end until tell, stuff started coming out. Tell, but he was a he was a clean cut guy. He was a clean cut guy. You know, but everybody thought that he was this, that, the Gatorade man or Kobe. We didn't really see too much of him. He had to reestablish his character, you know, and after a while. But I just, but now he's a killer. Everybody loves him. I just feel like when we when we look at this, these celebrities give, especially with twenty four seven when it's all access. It's really not all access. It's basically okay. We're going to give you a slice of our life based off of what you want to see. So you know, we look at this portion of like when we looked at Joe Calzaghe before he fought Roy Jones. We were falling all into it. But they never showed you the alleged, oh, well, Roy Jones, you know, well, he does coke, you know, or he does this and that. I mean, not Roy Jones, Joe Calzaghe. He sniffs cokes and he does line. He's trying to score a coke. They just showed you what they wanted you to see. You know what I mean? They don't show you. Look, I I, I think we we can be here all night again until post-racial America uh, debate in in regards to how sports play a role from a social perspective and cultural narrative, right? We could be in here talking a lot about a lot of these different issues, but I just think we might be doing the fans of the service if we deviate from, from the actual uh, topic that we said we were going to discuss. And, and this is this is something that we're going to be disseminating in, in, in increments, and maybe towards the end of the countdown, uh, we should definitely have a discussion and, and talk about how some of these factors play a role into how, you know, the the athletes are perceived in and outside of the ring. So I think this was a very spirited discussion. You know, we, we're hitting we, – we actually went past the two-hour threshold. Um, we thank uh, – we, we definitely want to thank everybody that was on the call from GYGB and, and, and added the insight because this is definitely valuable. A lot of the fans, we, 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 we try to mirror – the, the opinions and, and the views the fans have, and that's why this is such a broad and diverse uh, clique. You know, everybody from GYGB tends to uh, lean towards different sides of the spectrum. So we want to thank everyone that, that tuned in with us and listen. This is our Guard Your Grill Boxing on Talk Show Radio. Make sure you follow our Instagram page at Guard Your, that's Guard Your Grill Boxing on Instagram. We, we try to update our page daily with uh, different tidbits and, and news and updates and things that may be of, uh, of interest to a lot of the boxing fans. We thank you for rocking with us. We want to thank uh, ROD, Big Mike, Roberto, Sleep, Suli, a.k.a. Train, and myself, DOX. Thank you for tuning in, and we're going to have this podcast up 
and the next day. So without further ado, fellas, I appreciate you guys, you know, for coming on here and, and, and building. Yeah. This is this is definitely, this felt like a Game of Thrones episode already. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we got two more weeks. Does anybody got predictions for this weekend? Like real quick. Uh, for this weekend. This is for the Chavez. Chavez. Delorme, uh, Crawford, and Matisse right. uh, Ravonikov. Yep. Oh, man. I forgot about that. We forgot about that. That that that's the that's the meat and potatoes right there. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm going. With, I'm 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 going on a limb. I'm gonna go with um, Provotnikov uh, over Matisse, and I got my man Crawford most definitely um, putting on a show. But I think he may get buzzed a couple times in this fight. But you know, I just think that, that he's gifted, and I think that um, this guy is, is is the real deal. What we didn't see last week, we'll see this week. And uh, Fighter X and Ryder Don talks about the A word a lot, adjustments. And I think you'll get it out of this kid on uh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like Crawford and, and Matisse, but yeah, but, but yeah, I agree with you on that with Crawford. And then this is you know PBC has lit the fire on the HBO. Like HBO is putting on. It's trying to put some good. cards together. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a that's a uh, and this is a boxing after dark event. This is not even a championship boxing. So can get quality fights on uh on BAD. Yeah, of, of this magazine. Yeah, man. So my pick, uh, I'll have to take. Uh, I, I guess of course Crawford, but on that on the uh, on on this barn burner of that's Matisse Provotnikov. Uh, I gotta go with the Siberian Rocky on this one. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you going for Ronda Yeah, Okay, yeah, that's I, what I'm I, going I, with. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Matisse. This it's a it's a coin flip fight. You know, it just I gotta pick somebody. I'm just picking him. You know what? The thing, I, the reason I'm saying this is because the puncher usually cannot take a punch. Sometimes, you know, because Matisse has been and, down. Yeah, you know, and 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 the, and the mythical Matisse that we all felt like was the boogeyman that was gonna, you know, scare everybody into oblivion, ran into a Danny Garcia, and look what happened to him. Yeah. So the, the same Danny we're sitting here uh, castigating and crucifying for the, uh, for about forty five minutes, gave Matisse all he could handle. So I don't know how he'll be able to deal with the pressure from from Rushland. I think he's gonna. He's going to be his, in front of him all night, and Matisse doesn't have enough boxing skills. Even though he's got power in both hands, there's one thing that I would say about him. He's got power in both hands. But I don't think he's got enough of uh, uh, some chemistry. He he doesn't have enough Walter White in him to um, to keep Russell and Provotnikov off of him. He's going to mix the two wrong acids on the wrong on the wrong lab instrument, and he's he's gonna burn his face off. No chemistry, no science. That's 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 gonna be the best fight of the night, if you ask me. Any other any thoughts, I Big Mike? I got um I got Provodnikov, and I got Crawford. That's my pick. What's up, good brother R.D.? Who you got on this? And he's gone. So. I think I think. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> he came. He saw. He conquered. He <laughs> I think his oil light uh, burned out. 
He'll be driving around 4 a.m. You know he got to recharge his battery. Listen, I know. Listen, I know this is. Uh, I know this is GYGB after dark, but I know I missed the Danny conversation. But was there consensus on the Danny fight? Was it? I know I missed it. Um, it was it. Did everybody have Peterson winning or what? Yeah, yeah that, I mean, they, it's, I it's, favored him. Yeah. Yeah, the conversation, Big Mike, I, I know, we, you know, I'll talk to you, so, I mean, I know the people don't, but the consensus has kind of been the same uh, throughout that Danny just isn't getting better, he's regressing, and, you know, there's concern. So that was pretty much the the consensus here tonight on the show as well. You know what it is? I think I think it's, it's you know, just putting those, those subpar fighters in front of them for those last, I just think that's a bad move for certain fighters to do. And when you do that, they start they start fighting below their 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 level. And, you know, you just get that situation. But Peterson really fought a good fight, I thought. I was it was really a good fight for network T V to my opinion. Yeah. All right, well, so we'll be back, right, Doc? Next Monday, nine thirty. Hey, man, same bad channel, same bad time. But <laughs> is it just me? It just seems like it's. I don't mind hearing a lot about this fight, man. Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. I don't hear a lot. Well, about I don't see why you after, both. You're not on after social the media. Fight, they're going to hear the specials too. Yeah, and, and screaming a, screaming a. Uh, Doc's favorite um, homie. He got like this <laughs> interview. They didn't air that, right, Roberto? Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. I've I, I seen clips. Oh, god! That clip where he's showing the cars. That's all we saw. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah, and screaming, A, just smiling. And my brother, this man is a personal friend of mine. He's a bad, <laughs> bad man. He's a bad Yo, man. Yeah, yeah I don't know. They're going to be uh, they're showing the specials after these fights, too, though. The the Showtime they and are? the HBO one. Yeah, yeah. the, the specials on, on each guy. He'll do stuff like, skip, skip, skip. He's a bad, bad man. He's a bad, bad man. That's pretty good, That's pretty good. I don't want to curse nothing, but I wouldn't be surprised if stuff went wrong, man. I just got a bad feeling for something. Oh, no, no. All right, we got to go. I got a bad feeling, man. Not yet, not yet. Not yet, not yet. This is still the appetizer. We still this is, we, this is a seven course meal. We like on the second third course. So yeah, right. Next yeah, week, we, we we got we yeah got we got it next week. So until next time, like I said, one more again. This is uh, Garza Grill Talk Show uh, Radio, and make sure you check our Instagram pages, Garza Grill Boxing, and check out our website, Garza Grill Boxing, and go to our YouTube channel and see some of our old classics, our old mixtapes we have up there. You know some of our some of our classic predictions, and we'll definitely will be we'll be having a video coming soon um, for the countdown to May second. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week. One, peace.